in this match. If it's a war, you can say whatever you want. I thought I was a cult. I didn't know what was going on. The Fed did. I think New York did. One of your executive vice presidents loves that company. It's the first ever finishing move that's exclusive to a promotion. It is Friday. I don't even know what date tomorrow May is. May 15th. May 15th. Almost May 19th. The right? Ides of May. You know what happens on May 19th? It's a bad day. It's a very bad day. Very bad day. How about you put your phone on vibrate while we record, bud? That was your phone. It was not my phone. My phone always stays on vibrate. But. My phone whatever. is literally never not off vibrate. Well, then you're not prepared for an emergency. It'll, I'll feel the vibrate. Much like Shinsuke Nakamura, I'll feel the vibrations. All right. All right. But yes, May fifteenth, with an interesting, very an interesting week in wrestling. Some like long term major plans planned out. Somebody got a title strip from them, kinda maybe, not really. No, he did. I mean, he did, but not really. Kinda maybe he did. Some blah episodes of Wednesday Night Wrestling. Fair mm. enough. I. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. They weren't bad. They were good. They weren't bad. All right. They're just kind of there. And we'll get that to the war report. We have money in the bank to talk about and what a money in the bank it was. Kind of. Sort of. <laughs> and we have to update the bracket for the Mean Guy Classic 2. We Bigger, do. badder, meaner. Two brackets have gone. First round for one Legends bracket and one current bracket were played out. Thank you for voting and we will get there. Easy later. for you to say. Easy for me to say is right. So, coming up next, we got some news to talk about. Yep, right before, well, right after, I guess right, yeah, right after. Right after we tell you why, if you are a podcaster, Anchor is the place all the cool kids are. So, as much as I hate ratings talk, we've kind of been in this pattern the last few weeks about talking about the Raw and the SmackDown ratings. And, you know, I guess it's part of our lot larger where is wrestling in mainstream pop culture discussion. Yeah, we don't care about the ratings. It I mean, we do because the ratings kind of... But we don't care about it as in no, a we microcosm. Don't, yeah, we don't care about it as in this show beat this show. Yeah. We're looking at the entire... Long-term yeah. scope, when it happened, when it didn't happen, as, as compared to other things on TV. It's long-term. It's not, it's not like this show beat this show. As much as people are obsessed with that nowadays, it doesn't affect us like that. So let's kick it off with the May 8th edition of SmackDown. The May 8th edition of SmackDown was just a smidge over 2 million viewers. Um, Which surprised me. Surprised you in a good way or a bad way? Good way. I thought it was going to be bad. Really? I thought it was going to be bad. Um, which 2 million for a show on free over-the-air TV on Fox is still not good. But it's also a good sign that they didn't continue to drop because they were under two million last week, and also it is the first um, week since before WrestleMania that we've seen a ratings increase. It had been free falling every week since WrestleMania. I don't know if you want to say whether that's a reflection of the empty arena or a reflection of the product or a combination of both. It's or a combination. I know you like to say the Friday deal. I think that is less of a impact than you do, but it certainly does have an impact. I, it's, I think it has no impact right now because it's not like he'd go and do anything. Yeah, but. I mean, that that won't be tested until later. But I just think it's a Friday is a bad night for television, but that's just me. And, but I think it's, it was a pleasant surprise it didn't fall. 
Not not that I'm saying I want them to do good or bad. I know everybody wants them to do good, except for people on the internet. But I just think it's, like I said, it's this combination of so many things that it's not one linear explanation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's different every week. And it's just it's just hard to explain. But uh, that's not what I'm – those ratings aren't the ones I'm more interested in. I was more interested in Mondays because SmackDown is pretty average SmackDown, right? Uh, well – Average in the pandemic era, SmackDown was doing about two five two six weekly before all this shit happened. So, I mean, nothing's average for anything right now. No, you can't just, really. You can't gauge, or you can. I just don't know how. You can, but it's it's grain of salt gauging. Yeah, you got to know what you're looking at. Yeah, and there's just there's just so many factors that go into it, especially with the broadcast television stuff. So the raw ratings was something I was super interested in because. Um, Obviously, probably, I'd say like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, the, the rumors of the Becky situation surfaced, which we'll get into in detail later. But what would you say, about 1 o'clock he st- first started hearing the noise? Between 11.30 and 1. It was, yeah, it, was, it was early in the afternoon. It was somewhere in there. So I'm like, so we knew there was going to be a Becky announcement. We knew that, well, there was rumors of what it was going to be. I guess it really didn't get confirmed until like, Five or six when Pro Wrestling uh, Illustrated, not Pro Wrestling Illustrated, um, the fuck? Uh, For what? PW Insider. Okay, yeah. I said Pro Wrestling Illustrated. That's not, uh, yeah, right. it's, that's not, still PWI. Yes. A different type of PWI. Di- yeah, different PWIs. Um, Pro Wrestling Insider um, pretty much leaked the plans and what they were going to be. Well, they didn't say what it was going to be, but it pretty much. All directions pointed, yes. all arrows pointed one way. Yes. They, they said that she was forfeiting the title, which, you know. We were able to draw our own conclusions until she made the announcement. But anyway, I was anxious to see what the Raw rating would do. And Raw did 1.918 million, up from last week's 1.68 million. But the more important thing than the actual number, Hour 1, 1.993 million. Hour 2, 1.961 million. And Hour 3, 1.802 million. Um, they only lost They only lost 32,000 from first hour to second hour and only 158,000 from first hour to third hour and that's really been the killer during this pandemic it hasn't necessarily been the the first hour numbers it's been the drop they've gotten people to tune in but by the third hour they were they were done but by no means is 1.9 million for raw anything to fucking celebrate no but But when you had when you had the lowest third hour in history at 1.5 last week yeah you know it's it's, you know like i said I don't think this show was either better or worse than last week's, and the two ratings change. Like that's what I said. I don't think there's one linear explanation to why this happens. So going back to our discussion last week, do you think we hit the floor for these shows now? Do you think we're not going to get any lower than one point six? I'm not going to say one point nine respectively. That's that's kind of the same but same like, same place. I hope that. I hope it doesn't go below that because that's a problem for all of wrestling. If the if the if the wrestling TV show associated with wrestling is doing that badly. So Raw was first, second, and fourth in the night for Cable for their three hours, respectively, with only 11 hip-hop in between at the uh, third spot. So that's the thing we've been constantly saying. Like, no matter what these Raw numbers are, they're still at the top of the demographic. But So that, but that also means that TV viewership is dropping everywhere. If, that, if, if Raw viewership is dropping and they're still dominating the, dominating the charts. You know what I'm saying? It's like changing it's, in the demographic because the charts. I know you hate the demographic thing. But that's how the charts are sorted. They're sorted yeah, by. I know. Oh, I understand that. Yeah, it's sorted. I don't by hate the demographic thing. It gives, you, it gives you a lot of information, but people pull the wrong information from it to make a point. Am I wrong? 
Well, I can't say you're right or wrong because I'm not going to say you're an act. I know what exactly television ratings mean. I mean, I can interpret what I interpret from them and you can interpret what you interpret from them. But neither of us are TV executives and neither is anyone on Twitter, I don't think. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend I act. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know how important the 18 to 49 demo is because I don't know what a TV... I know... We do know that Fox was looking for a 1.0 in the 18 to 49. That's like concrete that's been out. And they were getting a 0.8.9 before the pandemic. So they're kind of right on track. So not enough to get upset, but enough to keep an eye on it. But now they're only hitting like a 0.4.5 in the demographic, which is... Not great. Not great at all. Especially when Fox is giving you that much money. But yeah, I think... I have a theory and it's going to be tested this week. I usually don't give a shit about ratings for anything. But Monday morning, I am going to look at these NASCAR ratings because NASCAR. When do the ratings come out? Usually, well, it's on Fox, which is which is broadcast. So we should probably get it Monday morning because the broadcast overnights come out earlier than the cable overnights. The cable. Well, yeah, because you know, you, you know how many televisions are on. Yeah. How many televisions are in households? Because. Because they have channels everywhere. If you think about it, professional wrestling and NASCAR have a very similar arc in terms of viewership. In the late 90s, early 2000s, NASCAR was the largest spectator sport in America, like even larger than football. It was much, yeah. like, much like wrestling. It was like at its peak. I think it held, I think it held uh, that title for a while. Yeah, and then the like, NFL, only after maybe 2010-ish, started, started getting all the viewers. Probably a, probably a little, little before. Probably, I'd say like 2007, 2008-ish. Okay, but it was a yeah, period of time. But, yeah, but same deal. Like now, now wrestling and NASCAR, they're both niche. They're both in the same boat. So I'm um, well. I think for different reasons. Though. No, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, obviously. NASCAR changed a lot of rules that pushed away a lot of hardcore NASCAR. Yeah, fans. yeah, no. I know my my two uncles are were all my life never missed a race. Like just watched every single race, and they hate it now. So I mean, there's I think there's two very different reasons behind that. But I mean, you could draw the similarities because you could argue for wrestling. It was the creative changes and like creative changes, rule changes, PG, the rating change. Okay. So you know, it's obviously it's not an apples to apples comparison. Yeah. But my main point is, and I'm gonna get to like my overarching point, is at one point they were both dominating the culture. Now they're very they're a very specific market for very specific people. But everyone has a theory like people are missing live sports, and I've always been like, well, wrestling isn't exactly. I don't want to say it's not a sport, but it's not really a sport. At least that's how the everybody mainstream, knows what you mean. That's how the mainstream views it. Yeah. So that's why people are saying the wrestling ratings. But I think here's my theory: people aren't missing sports; people are missing their sports. Because the NFL drafted a gigantic number. I don't miss hockey at all. Like, but the WNBA draft was just a week before, and I don't think a single person on earth mentioned it. And I'm not trying to disrespect the WNBA. I'm just saying, like, people. It it was a it would live, be better with different factors, but I know what you're trying to say. It was a live sporting event that happened before the NFL draft, and nobody gave a fuck about yeah. it because. So, so I'm curious to see what these NASCAR ratings do. If the NASCAR does a fucking, gi- you'll, have, you'll have to let me know because I don't know where to find the ratings. Show bu- Show Buzz Daily. It's a website. Show Biz Daily. Show Buzz Daily. Show Buzz Daily. Yeah, like Buzz Lightyear. All right, so they'll be out in the morning. Yeah. So if NASCAR does like this gigantic fucking number, like. 10, 15 million people watch this race on Sunday, then I'm wrong. But if NASCAR does the same couple million it always does, then I think my theory will be correct that people aren't missing sports. They're missing their sports. Yeah, that's fair. Like, everybody has their own things they like. Yeah. Like, I don't miss hockey at all, but I would watch hockey. 
that makes any sense? No, I get it, but it's like like if, if, like I'm clamoring for the NBA to come back, which I don't think is going to happen. But right, because you're a big NBA fan, yeah, so that makes sense. But like, are people like are people that don't really care about NASCAR going to tune into NASCAR because it's a live sport? Maybe a couple, maybe some. Yeah, but I don't think it's not gonna, enough to move one way or another the needle. Yeah, I don't think it's going to do this gigantic rating that maybe... But if it does, we'll know a lot more. If it does, we'll know that my theory is wrong and people are just missing sports and the WNBA is just the WNBA, unfortunately. Yeah. So... But that's a fair that's a fair trial. I didn't look at it that way, but I also didn't look too much into it. Because if, if NASCAR does do this gigantic rating, then wrestling's fucked. Yeah. Because wrestling's been here the whole time. And NASCAR is in the bed with Fox for years. For years. Yeah, like, the NASCAR ratings on Fox, they haven't been great the past couple of years. They've probably been around, like, Two and a half, three million people per race, which is like SmackDown numbers. Which is compared to what? Well, they also take eleven fucking hours. That's fair. <laughs> and it's do like, they, do they do breakdown by hour ratings like SmackDown does? I'm or not sure. I'm, I've never does? really looked into it that deep. You didn't care at the point. No, I, I, yeah, I didn't. I could give two shits because, like, I'm like I, I watched the last hour of the Daytona 500 every year. Yeah, but I don't watch the entire Daytona 500. Like I know. I know WWE, they list, they list, uh, they only do it for Raw for some, Raw and SmackDown for some reason. They don't do it for NXT, but they list like the, they have, they list the hours of Raw and SmackDown as separate shows. It's like hour one is one show, hour two is another show, hour three is a third show. And I wonder if it'd almost be beneficial for them not to do that because then like you wouldn't see. But you, I think it's not because you have to see drop offs and increases. Especially for that second hour. Well, I mean, you'd still get you'd still get quarter hour reports, but I don't think they'd be as easy for the public to. Yeah. get. you know what I mean. So that's like, true. You can't you can't let the 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 food to get into the shark's hands. But I don't know how much they really care if the public knows. Like it's you know what I mean. I don't know. I I think I think as fans we tend to look into it even more than the people who are in charge do. I mean, I'm sure they look into ratings, but like I'm sure they don't microanalyze it the way we are. No, they don't. They don't care. There's a million other reasons for them to put on or not put on a show. It just it just tends to be here's what the network's looking for. We're either hitting it or we're not. Well, look at what you do. You you, you work in television. Unfortunately, you see what Blue Buds does every freaking Friday night. Yeah, it's it's baffling. Have you ever watched an episode of Blue Bloods in your life? Well, Have I, you ever known anybody to watch an episode of Blue Bloods dad, in your life? My dad loves Blue Bloods, but he's in that demographic. Yeah, Blue Buds is for Blue old Buds, housewives that like Tom Selleck. Blue Bloods hits the fifty plus demo. Like yeah. that's where they're strong. Like like. In the background, we're on mute, and there's there's Law & Order SVU one, the greatest crime show in the history of crime shows. How many people you're watching think are watching that right now? On USA? Yeah. 300,000? I mean, it's 325 in the afternoon on a Thursday. But Some people still are working. There's also 35 million people unemployed. Yeah, but there's also millions of people that are still employed. Yeah. Okay, fair. A tenth of the country is unemployed. Yeah, but there's still nine-tenths that are working right now. That's true. Which is a totally different discussion that I don't want to get into because... Oh, yeah, because that's just a whole rabbit hole of shit. Yeah. But... But, like, it's it's fascinating because if we're not counting the CW as, like, a, a broadcast network, which it technically is, but it really isn't for the sake of this discussion. It is the redheaded stepchild of broadcast television. Yeah. But, like, SmackDown is consistently last in viewership, but they always top the demo. So I think, it, like you said, maybe maybe... It is the Friday night thing where, you know, a lot of a lot of fifty plus year old people are the ones staying home, but SmackDown dominates the eighteen to thirty four because everyone who is watching that's eighteen to thirty four is watching SmackDown. Yeah. So it's just there's so many ways to look at it and there's and without knowing you don't know and we don't know. So But there has been a cause and effect for the ratings. The cause, ratings have been down, the effect, 
Wild card rule 2.0, baby. I hope not. That's pretty much what it is. Oh, I'm, it could be a two-week thing. And I mean, they've described it as limited interaction between brands. Because um, I think even though how badly that went last, I didn't even know which people were on what shows last time. Yeah, I think that's how it was supposed to start out last time, but it got out of control. So what do you make of this new limited brand interaction? I don't we, know. We know that Corbin's coming to Raw next next Monday, and we know tonight Charlotte Flair will be on SmackDown. So I don't know. I, I can't know. Uh, you can't know until we see it in three weeks what it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, I just think it's silly because I don't think it's going to – I don't think there's really anything you could do in terms of, like, roster shuffling that will move the ratings. There's stuff you could do creatively if you do more shock TV, which long-term may not be a good plan, but in the short term will probably get you some better ratings. But you don't have shock TV cast right now. The wrestling cast. You could still do. Look at look at Russo. Look at what Russo did with Valvinus. You could do shock TV with the people they have. But but every single wrestler in the company right now is a better wrestler than Valvinus. Yeah, I'm not saying that's what I would do. I'm just saying you oh. could do it. Yeah, you could, and it's definitely an option. It's an option you don't want to go in. No, because it would, it would short term it would probably work, but yeah, long term sure. it would do damage. As it did the last time, they had to rebuild the entire. Well, that was that was really long term. That was like five years down the road, long term. Yeah, I'm talking more six months down the road when shit's back to normal, long term. But no, it's it's an option, but I don't think we can actually just tell without seeing what it is. If Corbin comes over for a match or they just do matches, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Don't. But my thing is like, is that that's not gonna do anything no i don't but maybe it's not a ratings ploy i mean it could be half of our people aren't here ploy yeah let's get the people who live near here ploy that's that's yeah because i know drew, drew lives in tampa gender lives in tampa every wrestler lives in tampa but uh, i don't know where baron lives. I'm, not, I'm not sure i'm not i don't know where corbin lee still live in kansas city i think he does but wherever he is but he's, he's it's, it's easily accessible for him to get there and you have, you have wrestlers in other countries right now yeah, no one's heard. No one's heard or seen Bob Roode in months. Where's Ko? He's hurt. He lives in Orlando. No, I knew that. So he's Should. literally right down the road. Mm, a couple hours. The performance center is in Orlando. Oh, forgot that's what they're doing. It. I don't know why I said Tampa. I thought it was in Tampa. Never mind. Idiot. Big idiot. Yeah, it's, he's literally like right down the road from the PC, but he's hurt. So that's where he is. What the hell happened to him? He hurt his foot doing oh. the dive off the side. Okay. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, but. It just, I just, I'm not thinking too much of it now. We'll see in two weeks when we see what it is. I mean, I'm just, I'm not shitting on it. I just don't understand why they're doing it. You know I don't I mean? either. But like I said, I don't think you, I, I don't think you can do this before it happens. If it's, if it's a, hey, we need bodies type deal, I get that. But if it, if they think that like, I know there's respect to Baron Corbin, but if they think that Baron Corbin wrestling on USA instead of Fox is gonna make people care, there's, they're idiots. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but like I said, they're not. They're not that dumb. If that, they are. if that's if that's their, and I'm not saying that is their plan. No. But if that is, but if that is their plan, they're that dumb. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think they're that dumb. To be like, oh God, Corbin, don't bring millions. But it's not just Corbin. Like, there's no. I mean, maybe Becky. If Becky was on Fox, it'd be a big deal. But she's gone now. Possibly forever. But like, I don't. I don't know if there's really like. There's no one on either show that'd be like, damn, I'd love to see them wrestle in Raw, or damn, I'd love to see them go to SmackDown. Yeah, no, it's their equals, the show. Because WWE is just so homogenous that, like, yeah, it's all, it's you know all what I mean? one thing. It's one, yeah, it's, it's one Venn diagram yeah. of, of, of shit. Not of shit, but... Some, some of it's shit. Some of it's shit. Some of it's good. Like I said, I don't think the shows have been bad. 
since the ratings, we don't, we, we don't know. We can't gauge in this environment. When everybody goes back to work, and uh, we don't know. We just don't know. And I just think it's hard to tell what this is for, especially this wild card rule, because it was awful the last time. They admitted it was awful. But it was, it just can't get to that. And I don't think we will know why they do it for another two or three weeks. Yeah, and if this if this is... If this like, if is, they start doing it all the time, we'll obviously know what it is for. If this is just a, a pandemic deal, and, like, once we get back to normalcy, whenever the hell that ends up being, then you know what? Fair fair play, because it's, it's strange times. Do what you got to do to put on the best possible show you can. I get that. But if, like, we get back to arenas, and this turns into wildcard 2.0, where SmackDown guys are challenging for Raw titles with no other explanation other than wildcard, then... Oh, fuck. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, it's not like they've been fucking committed to this brand split in the first place. It's just people have bounced around shows. I've done pretty well with it. We had fucking Angel... Like, they still... There's If when Shayna Baszler comes out, her graphics also is NXT. They're not doing a good job with it. Oh, oh, all right, I, I never even noticed that. Fucking Theory and Garza are just not on Raw, but on Raw. Like, it's they're, it's it's all over the place. Yeah, but that's that's fine to me. I don't care. Well, if you're going to do a brand split, you got to keep it separate. That's just how I feel. That's true. That's true. But it's just, we don't, we won't know what this is about for another a month. I think even longer, because I don't think this yeah. thing's going to be over in a month. No, I don't think it is. I'm just throwing out a number. But, like, we can start getting back to arenas probably in the fall. I don't know. We'll see. Let's... But you said we just don't, we don't know. There's, there's so much unanswered questions right now. Yeah. There's so many unanswered questions that they don't know the answer to. It's never happened before. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's... Everybody gets a pass for me nowadays because it's just you're forced with a situation that nobody ever in history has faced to this extent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, fair enough. I I, I tend to agree. It's so just, I tend not to go one way or the other because I it's just I, I have no better answers than they do. I just – I could give them a partial pass. It's just I can't give them a full pass and the ratings are already in a free fall before this all started. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. But I feel like we talked about enough for this. You want to bring up our certain Canadian Syrian friend? Oh, God. Who you look more and more like every day with that hair? I don't think I look like Sami Zayn, but no, I'll take it, I guess. You um, totally look like Sami Zayn if your hair was red. My hair's not red, though. That's what they think. They don't, they don't know what you look like. That's fair enough, I guess. Um, your beard's red. Yeah, my beard is red. It's weird. You're Tony Red. I'm, I'm, I'm Eric Redbeard. I actually know a lot of people with red beards. I'm the Vintner. I have red hair and I don't have red beard. You don't have a beard at all. I don't, but when I, when I do, it's not red. Um, but anyway... Sami Zayn was stripped of his Intercontinental Championship. A tournament will start tonight on Fox to crown a new champion, and the internet exploded. Just why? I don't. I don't understand. He's in a different country. It makes total sense for them to strip him. So here's the deal. WWE came out and said, "If you choose not to work during this pandemic, you will not be punished. You know this won't be held against you." Blah 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 blah. And Sami chose not to work. And some people believe he's being punished. Personally, and I got to preface this because I'm trying not to disrespect anybody because my least favorite type of wrestling fans is the holier than thou. You're all just a bunch of marks. Like, <coughs> you don't know anything about the business. Like, those are my least favorite type of wrestling fans. So I'm trying to say this without, like, insulting anybody. But championships are props at the end of the day. Yes, they are the most important prop. Like... Like, champion championships are not the fucking glass of water on the fucking table in the play. It's the fucking, it's the fucking the Excalcior. It's the sword. Yeah. But 
Excelsior, but whatever. Excalibur. Excalibur. Yeah. It, yes. The championship belts are Excalibur. No, wait. I think I think Excalibur is literally the the uh, sword that it might be Arnold pulled out of. It. I think it is. I think it's Excalibur. I think it is. Excalibur. Oh, that makes me hate it. That makes me hate it. Put a stupid mask on it. Let's, Jesus. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. But at the end of the day, they're just a prop. Like I. And I really hate to sound like fucking Bruce Prichard or Jim Cornette or any of these other fucking bitter old men. But Sami Zayn didn't really defeat Braun Strowman in a legitimate contest. A writing team decided to go in the direction it's of making Sami Zayn the Intercontinental Champion. And, you know, now they decided they need the belt on TV. So they took, Which they do! As long as Sami's still being paid every week, yeah. he's not being punished. And, if, no, like, and when he comes back, if he's in the same spot he was in, he's not being punished. Like, and there's also a written story there. Yeah, and you know what I'm saying. If you, look at Sam, if you look at Sammy on Twitter, he doesn't really seem to be that torn up about it. Not losing the title. Yeah, he's playing into it. Yeah. Like, oh, he had a great tweet and said the next the next Intercontinental Champion should be blank, and he said ashamed of himself. Yes, it was excellent. So I just kind of want to go through the uh, top three arguments I had I saw on Twitter, like in regards to this, and kind of debunk them all. So the first argument. Andrade Flair snorted some lines and didn't get his title taken off of him. One, they knew he'd be back in 30 days. We don't know when the fuck Sami Zayn will choose to return to work. When the fuck this thing? Yeah, will it be could over. be a year. You don't. It could be next week. Who yeah, the fuck knows? Yeah, I know, but I think I think if they took it off him, they know it's gonna be well at least an amount of time. Reportedly, if you believe the dirt sheets, he was given an ultimatum: either like you know come to TV or we're taking the title, and he chose to stay home. And they said, okay, we're taking the title. So that's kind of how that went down. So I don't think he has any intentions of coming back until this thing is done. And who knows how long that'll be. So the Andrade deal is, you, you knew he was going to be back in 30 days. He suspended for 30 days, and he came back in 30 days. Whether you believe he should have the title taken off him as different a punishment. Yeah, it's a different conversation. Because, you know, maybe he should have. I That's number two. Brock Lesnar only defends his title once every six months. Why is it, Why did he never get stripped? Well, they could have called Brock Lesnar to defend his title whenever the fuck they wanted to. Yeah, it's in his contract. Like, it's his contract. It's his written legal document. They got to pay him a lot of money per appearance, <laughs> and they chose to only, you know, pay him a couple times a year. And it's better he doesn't wrestle all the time. I, I will defend that to the death. And if you want to argue... But also a different conversation. And if you want to argue he shouldn't have been champion, then once again, that's a different conversation. But back to the Sami Zayn point. We don't know when he's going to be back. If they need a Brock tomorrow, they'd say, hey, Brock, get your ass here tomorrow. We're paying Here's you your bag. Your, yeah. The, the third argument. Sammy's just going to get his downside. The third argument. Well, New Japan or Ring of Honor hasn't stripped a single person of their championship. Well, it's hard to strip any one of your championships when you're not running shows. Yeah. What would be the point of stripping your champions when you're not running shows? And I know this is kind of a different situation, but when John Moxley couldn't get to Japan because of a tsunami, they stripped him. Yeah. So I know, like, you know, virus, tsunami, they're not the same thing at all, but... Moxie wasn't able to make his date and they took the title from him. So it's not like New Japan hasn't ever done anything like this before. You know, like, I but, don't know. But I don't understand why people are like, he should be sitting in Canada with the title for what could be months a year. You need the Intercontinental title on television. I mean, do you? I don't I don't necessarily think It's he, the second most important title in the company. Not anymore. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's the second, it's the second, it's the, it's, 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 it's at the same tier of... The U.S. title, but it's lightning. It's lightning years ahead of it. Not I don't. Lightning. I don't think I don't light years think, ahead of it. I don't think either of them mean a damn thing. They don't. It's okay. So why do you need it on TV? But it, you need 
that's a, that's a written storyline there. Instead of doing a, a goofy-ass storyline, you're challenging for a title. Like, wrestling needs titles. That's the thing. I disagree with you in the aspect that you need it on TV, but I don't disagree with that. But, it, like, it can't disappear for ten months. Why not? What, what are you going to do with, your, with all your mid-card guys? What are you going to have a mad rash for one title? Or are you going to have one personal story, one for the Intercontinental title, one for the Mike, main title? Same, Shinsuke Nakamura was the Intercontinental champion for like seven months. He defended one time on pay-per-view. <sighs> Yikes. So, like, I, your point is not valid. I just, I just think it's not... I, I agree with you, but they don't need it on TV. It's not a problem... That they took it from him. The story's written for him when he comes back. Yeah, I just don't. I get. I get people. I get a lot of people who are fans of Sami Zayn, and they were happy that he. And finally, we both are as well. And they were happy that he finally won a title. And we saw him win it. And they're disappointed the way it ends. And I agree with all those sentiments. But like, let's not act like this is some sort of punishment. Like, yeah. I don't. If he's making the same money and he comes back and his spot is in the same place, yeah, then it's a reward. You don't have to do anything. It's. Yeah, I don't understand. Like. I don't know. I like, just, Vince is not going to go shoot him and take the belt out of his cold, dead hands. Like, same put it in the mail and he'll ship it. Or I think he does. I think he lives in Orlando now, so he can just drive there and give it to them. Oh, I, I thought he still lived in Canada. No, he doesn't want to perform because of the virus. Oh, like, I, I thought he lived in Canada. No. Oh, fuck me then. But I just, I have no problem with him taking it. I'm not, like, I wouldn't, like, I. it's not something I would do. But I'm, I'm not even saying, like, it's not the first thing that would come to mind. But I don't, I understand why it happened. I just think people are making a bigger deal out of it than it is. Like, he got stripped of a fake title. Big fucking shit. Yeah. That's what it comes down to, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like... Like, the titles are... The titles are a reward for your work. If he comes back with, with the storyline, he's fine. It's fine. And I guess, like... I don't think he's being punished. And I guess maybe, like, we should think more like them because they're the ones that are, like, you know, buying into it. So... But, I don't know. I just don't think it's as big of a deal as people are making it. I don't think it is either. I really don't think it is either. I don't think it's a big deal at all. And people are making it like it's the biggest deal ever. Now, if they said, give me your title, you're not getting paid, and you're fired, and then obviously that's yes, a much different, different thing. Yeah, yes. that's a much different situation. But as long as they're still taking care of him financially, and, you know, he's not fucking relegated to main event when he comes back, then he's fine. More than fine. In an unrelated question, um, we obviously don't have the brackets out yet because they're being unveiled tonight on SmackDown. But who would you like to see win the title? The <coughs> only one person that can win it. Who? Sheamus. I don't know. I, I'd like to see... See, I'd have Sheamus losing the fucking tournament final and chase it all summer. That's fine with me, too. It just kind of ends up... I'd, I'd like to see Sheamus and Hardy go a couple matches. I'd, I, two, think, two, I think two wrestlers that are fantastic. I'd say Ali, but he might be the hacker, so I don't know what's going on with that. Gable? There's he a might, lot. He might also be the co-hacker. So I don't know what's going on with that. There is also a lot of just... There's a lot of people that can do it. Cesaro? I'd turn Cesaro babyface, have him turn on her lazy king, turn Cesaro babyface, have him win the tournament, have Seamus chase all summer. I agree. That's what okay. I'd do. That's what I'd do, but... Yeah, and you have the whole bar the bar thing. And they had already, what, 100 matches together? Yeah, the best of seven series. Yeah, Cesaro almost draw. died twice. Um, I think Jeff Hardy is another viable option, but... There, there's options. Yeah, there's... Like, it's not like, oh, no, it's going to die... Well, it's already our, dead. The Intercontinental title is dead. But maybe they can make something out I of it. I can't believe you tried saying it was the second most important title in the company. Yeah. I have it as the least important mid-card. I have the fucking NXT North American title be more prestigious than it. It still means more than the U.S. title. I don't know. At least, like, the U.S. title had the open challenges. Yeah, but it hasn't happened in a while. Who's the last person to do it? Roman? Probably. 
Yeah, I just who I can't even who won it after Roman. Roman, so Roman beat Rusev. Jericho beat Roman. Owens beat Jericho. Jericho beat Roman again. Owens, I mean Jericho beat Owens again. Then Owens beat Jericho again. Then Styles beat Owens. And Owens beat Styles. And Styles beat Owens. Oh, that was that that summer. Then Corbin beat Styles. Then Ziggler beat Corbin. Then Ziggler vacated. Then Bobby Roode. Then Randy Orton. Then Jinder. Then Jeff Hardy. Then Shinsuke. Then Rusev. Then Shinsuke. Then R Truth. Then Samojo. Then Rey Mysterio. Then Samojo. Then Ricochet. Then AJ Styles. Then Ray. Then Andrade. You are incredible. It's you yeah. are incredible. I guess that's why you're IWGG IWGP no, champion. I am not, nor will I ever will be. You are. Is there? Is there? Or is there not? A championship belt behind you with your name in the nameplate. Unfortunately, there is, but that wasn't my intentions. I don't know. I think I think you was your wrestling trivia championship. I will show you the DMs of this man. That was not <laughs> my intentions at all. Is he sending me a new nameplate? No, I didn't even talk to him about it. <clears throat> That's just funny. But, all right. Off that, because there's a million things, but I think there's possibility for it to come back. If you just, Especially, a tournament's a good way to get it back. Yeah, I mean, you got to put it on someone somehow. Yeah, and that's... Let it, let it happen. I love but, it. Oh, oh, the, oh, okay, okay. There was one more argument that had some validity to it that um, someone said, well, in NXT, there's an interim Cruiserweight Championship, and they let Timothy Thatcher take Pete Dunne's place in the bro, in the Broserwitz. And no, 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 there's absolutely some validity to that. But I think it just comes down it's to... just another option. It just comes down to Vince and Triple H having differences in philosophy. Yeah. Like, Triple H is obviously a big MMA fan. In UFC, there's interim championships all the time. We just saw one at UFC 249. Um, they, they had an interim, uh, lightweight championship when Khabib couldn't make it. Yeah. And now they'll fight. So you see interim titles all the time in MMA and Triple H is a big UFC fan. So yeah, they could have done that. They could have had an interim intercontinental champion. Oh, I just think it's another option. There's, there's, it's just another viable option. Well, people are mad that they didn't do that when they're doing that. In, uh, people are mad? Holy shit. I'm so fucking surprised. Well, I mean, they got a point because one of the, one of the worst things about WWE is their inconsistency. Like, why are they doing this in NXT when they're not, when they're doing this in the main round? And I get that. But at the end of the day, I just think it comes down it's to different a, cooks. It comes down to a difference in philosophy between Vince and Triple H. But that was the one argument that had validity. Yeah, I mean, it's not a knockout. It's not like a knockout like they should have done this. I just think it's another option. But could we stop talking about this? It's it's just. I it's, just want to cover all bases because it's, it's, you it's know, a useless you know, argument. It's a useless argument. Because you know people are gonna stick to their guns, which you know it's I a respect. Useless fucking argument is what it is. So up next, probably the biggest news to Grace Wrestling in the last involving a certain superstar. Uh, in the last year, Becky Lynch has came out Monday night on Raw and announced that what was in the championship, or what was in the bank, excuse me, what was in the briefcase was the championship. Oscar won the championship, and Oscar went nuts, which was fantastic. And Becky said, "You go be the champion, and I'll go be the mom." It appears that Seth and Becky are having a child. I mean, it doesn't appear. I mean, that's what it is. Well, I didn't see the DNA test. Um. So first off, I got to apologize to World Wrestling Entertainment because when I am wrong when it comes to like any company, whether it's New Japan, AEW, uh, WWE, I will apologize. So they were airing commercials that said Becky Lynch confronts the winner of Money in the Bank. And I buried the shit out of this saying, well, it's obvious that of Ra- it's going to be someone from Raw. Well, it would make sense why if Lacey Evans won... Becky Lynch would confront her and tell her she's a new champ. You know, it makes sense now in, yeah. in hindsight. but So they had a plan. Yeah, but at the time, I was like, well, that fucking tells us someone from Raw is winning because why would Becky randomly confront someone from fucking SmackDown? Doesn't make, But now it does make sense. I mean, they didn't really 
try to make it make sense. Did you like, see the theory that a couple people went to, but a lot of people shut down? No. How dare Vince re- make res- or make Becky wrestle pregnant at Mania? She wasn't fucking pregnant at Mania. Well, she don't. No, I think she was, but mm. they didn't make. But she didn't know yet. Yo, I mean. Yeah, but she, I think she was. She didn't say, hey, Vince, I'm pregnant. I got to the fucking ring and wrestle the MMA fighter. But I think she was. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. They taped that. They taped all those shows in the middle La- of March. Last week of March. I Was it last week or second last week last of March? Last week of March. Uh, so that would make her almost two months pregnant. Now you would start to see something that she wasn't showing yet. Not that I'm a gynecologist, although I am an expert on the female, on the female anatomy. How would that make her two months pregnant when she's due in December? If she was pregnant in March, she, uh, well... The last week of March? Uh, December. She's doing the, the she's doing the last week of December, right? I don't know. I know she's doing or in December. Or in December. So it'd be, you know, it'd be, towards the end of March, April, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think she knew. I don't think Vince made her no, wrestle. No, no. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. Jesus I'm just saying. Christ almighty. I'm just saying it, it's very possible, it's possible she wrestled at wrestling. And if you look at that match, you could kind of put the pieces together. That it wasn't, she didn't take that many bumps. Yeah, but that's that could also be seeing it. No, I'm I'm not after. Like I I thoroughly don't think Vince McMahon made her wrestle pregnant. No, nobody's saying. Well, people might be saying that, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's very possible. Not that Vince made her, but it's it's very possible she wrestled while pregnant. But I don't think she knowingly did it. But then why would she not take bumps if she didn't know? Maybe because she's been trying. You know, and I know some babies happen accidental, but most babies is kind of a plan you have. Well, yeah, but I just I don't know which one this is. <laughs> Because well, I mean, she's well, thirty. Well, if you read the interview on People, she wanted this very she, badly. She's she's thirty three. I mean, she doesn't have that much longer left. Um, but anyway, that's just that's just who cares. I don't care. But but I think it's very possible she'd wrestle it at WrestleMania pregnant. But I don't think it's Finn saying, "Hey, get out there, pal." Um, but yeah, congrats to Becky. I think this is a bigger moment for women's athletes than people realize because that's. I mean, I'm not a woman nor a professional athlete. I don't know if you can tell either of those things. I thought you were definitely one of them. But um, I'm sure it's something a lot of professional athletes that are female struggle with, like having kids, because, you know, what do you do? Becky was literally at the top of her game, and she made the decision to put her career on hold and go have, go have kids. And for a woman that's, you know, riding the road 52 weeks a year, that has to be a tough decision to to do that and i think maybe that'll open some eyes to maybe some more female professional wrestlers that want to have kids and show them that no matter how popular she was it's not more important than what yeah you yeah it'll show that you know it's all right to take a back seat for a little while and, and she will come back if she does nobody's forcing her bigger than ever yeah oh, absolutely and i know how i would book it maybe perhaps later oh god but yeah congrats to becky and seth um i'm sure good for them she'll be great parents although <laughs> Seth later in the night looked like he wasn't, didn't know he was going to be pregnant. <laughs> Seth is already feeling the pains of fatherhood. Seth, Seth cracked me the fuck up in that main event. Oh, he was great. Was he that main event? No, that no. was not the main event at all. But. No, it wasn't. It was like it was the 9 o'clock hour match, wasn't it? It was, yeah. But uh, Seth was great. He just stood there and looked like he saw a ghost. He looked like he sat out there and saw several ghosts. He saw Doing his best Dexter Loomer impression. I can't talk today. No, you can't. Um... Yeah, it's interesting to see. I'm assuming he's gonna take some time off once the baby arrives. You know, you'd, you'd think. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, he continue with the wrestle now. Yeah, yeah. Especially when, especially when it's you know ten miles from their house. And that, and that's and that's another thing. Like for guys, like if we don't have a baby, it's easy. Yeah. We just you know we make the baby, then we're then we provide support until the baby comes out. Like that's yeah. that's all we spoke like have experience there. Well, 
Not intentionally. Oh, Jesus. Um, but so You're telling me there's a junior heavyweight WGP champion out there? If there is, I already have the belt for him. <laughs> hope, his, hope his name is Frank. <laughs> M.G. Franks. M.G. Franks. To, to, put it, to put it specifically. But anyway, um, yeah, congrats to Seth and Becky. That's, I'm sure they'll be great parents. Yeah, good for them. I'm happy for them. Rarely, rarely does r- rarely does wrestling couples be happy, and I hope they are. Yeah, so it's just a it's just a rough business to get married. In. Although it seems like it seems like they're having a better success rate these days. There's yeah, a, there's I mean, a lot of wrestling. That's also now. a different locker room. Yeah, you know? there's, there's no longer there's a lot of wrestling couples. There's no longer cocaine and hookers going around. Yeah, it, it's there's no rats. Now, I mean, there now, probably is, but now it seems like if you're in wrestling, you're more likely to be married to another wrestler than you are to be married yeah, to an outsider. Because yeah, you, oh, yeah, you you're also, on the road with them. You're on the road every. You're on the road with them. You know who you can and can't work with. You yeah. know you have similar interests. Yeah. So uh, that's just the way to go. I mean, how many couples we got just in the WWE? A lot. There's Charlotte and Andrade. Uh, Zelina and Alistair. Zelina and Alistair. Becky and Seth. Cross and Scarlett. Cross and Scarlett. Johnny and. Candice. Johnny and Candice. That's just five off the top of my head. And there's probably more. There's a lot more, probably. Dolph and Mandy. <laughs> Otis, Otis and Mandy. <laughs> Sonya and Mandy. Sonya and Mandy. No, that's probably a lot. Me and Mandy. You, really, you wish. Triple H and Stephanie. Yeah. You wish. Not only do you wish you were with Mandy, you wish you were in the business. I do. I mean, I'm a great worker. I touched Billy Gunn once. But, uh... Not like that. What the hell's the matter with you? Get your mind out of the gutter. Well, he's Mr. Ass. You act like it's that unrealistic. He came out to his, his theme. He came out to that theme song when I saw him. I bet they didn't have permission to play it either. No, not a chance. You, you, you think Vince is sending cronies to the, the Jaffa Shrine in Altoona, Pennsylvania? Apparently, it's a fucking prestigious building. It so. is. I didn't know this. You know how many shows they ran there? No. A lot. A lot. Billy Gunn said that when he, he caught a promo and he's like, I remember some of you fans were coming here when I was with WWF. F, he said. <laughs> F. Get the F out, Billy. But he's the most he's the most cut out of stone person I've ever seen in my life. Rock solid stud. So And he's with AEW, baby. Yep, he's a puppet. But he's a puppet. He's he should be in the okay, Jaguars. Edge. Okay, Edge. He's in the Jaguars. You're just a puppet. But um that's about it for the news. One last thing. The Undertaker documentary came out. Did you watch it? Yes. And what you like about it? Everything. It was uh, fantastic. Um outstanding. For- Better than the last ride. For, it is the last ride. Better than the last dance. Why can't I talk today? You can never talk. It does it mean I'm having a stroke. I don't know because it seems it seems a little worse today. I hope not. Um, that makes two of us. But it's it's great to see a character that's been that protected come out and like be as vulnerable as he was willing to be. He was like brutal. on his own volition. Yeah, he was brutally honest. He's like, listen, I I I'm addicted. I can't retire. It's you know. It's legitimately uh, the tragic hero end. Yeah, is what it is. Yeah, you said you said I'm either gonna go out with a classic match at WrestleMania or I'm going out of my shield. Yeah, and I just I hope he gets it. I really do. I don't think he's gonna come any closer than what he just got this year. Like if you're gonna call it, I'd call it. That's true, but if you mean give him if he doesn't wrestle till next year and he just trains his ass off and could he go out next year? Because I tell you, he's moving better than he was in those years. I mean, it depends who you put him with. I mean, if you put him like if you put him in a protected environment like that tag match at Extreme Rules, I think he could strive. But I mean, Undertaker one on one in a twenty minute WrestleMania match isn't happening anymore. You just can't do it anymore. Yeah, and I, it's sad because he he was great. He's in a class of greatness on his own. He is Don Corleone. Is it's a perfect name for him? Yeah, and you watching know, him interact with the, the the lower card wrestlers was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're. I know where you're going. I'm not even gonna say it. But I'm gonna. The stop ones it. worth keeping their jobs. Stop it! Stop it! That's <laughs> terrible. 
It was just a joke. Relax, he'll, he'll be fine. Brother Heath. But, uh... So, I can't wait for... How many episodes are there? Five. Five? Yeah. I can't wait for episode two through, two through five. So, this week's the finale of The Last Dance, too, so it'll lose its competition, I guess. Yeah. And, I mean, I told my friends, like, you have to watch this. They probably won't. A certain friends with, friend with the initial BD loved him on, on uh, the Austin podcast. Loved him. Watched it three times, he told me. I mean, it's a very fascinating... I mean, everyone's, no, yeah, no, everyone's just, seen The Undertaker. It's just fascinating. You know The Undertaker is? Fuck off. Like... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I don't, I don't think I've ever met a single person who doesn't know who the Undertaker is. Yeah, it's just it, it's who it is. I saw him once, but not him. I saw a legit. I thought I was gonna die one time. I was visiting some relatives in a graveyard, and there was a gigantic man. That's... It was raining. It was the middle of the summer. There was a gigantic man in a long trench coat and hat just walking around the graveyard. Was it at night? No. Okay, I was gonna say Tony. I'm like, this guy's the legitimate. Under- this guy's gonna kill me. Maybe, like, maybe he was an Undertaker. Maybe it was. He, 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 they got the they got the outfit down. If it was, I mean, he probably wasn't the Undertaker, but maybe he was a Undertaker. He might have been. I'm like, this guy's. I, my dad says the same thing. He's like, this guy's gonna kill us. <laughs> but looking forward to at the least, last ride. At least ride. he didn't have to go far. He'd already be there. This news segment is long enough. You're sick of hearing us talk. Up next, we have. Up next, we'll talk more. The war report. The war report. For the May 13th editions of All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. And NXT doesn't stand anything, doesn't stand for anything, so I can't unabbreviate it. NXT, NXT. NXT, the next generation. I just realized that NXT doesn't stand for anything and their show doesn't have a name. It's just NXT. Yeah. Uh, that'll change eventually, I think. That's dumb. Does, is it really? Does it really matter? Now they're trying to be a third brand, it absolutely matters. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so as always, we will start with AEW. And we just got some news in for once. Recording helps us out that we got the news of the ratings in. Yeah. Already, so that's that's clutch. Yeah, and uh, NXT fell to AEW by a score of 654,000 viewers on TNT to 604,000 viewers on But I USA. believe from last week, AEW lost more viewers. Right? Probably, but it's also worth noting that UFC... Was doing Wednesday night fight night or the fuck it was. Yeah, I also ran and that probably. What's their rating? I, mean, I didn't see the. No one posted the. I didn't see the full show yet. I'll go to Show Buzz. All right, but anyway, I have to preface this. Neither show did anything for me last night. But you. Um. Our boy wasn't on NXT. Yeah, I wasn't blown away by either show. Um, I'll get into what I I thought. I'm Illuminate, and I just I think that he he is ratings and he should be on every television show. Illuminate, you say? I'm Illum- are you Illuminate? I'm Illuminate. I didn't know that's what we were called. Yeah, we are Illuminates. I mean, hey, we're in the ground floor of this thing. Dexter and Loomis should win every title ever. I agree. Dexter and Loomis should win the AW title. But but be Dexter Loomis, not Samuel Shaw. Fuck that bitch. But if it's too hard to find, you don't have to find it, buddy. No, I'm on the chart. I just was not. I don't even see it. So AW uh, featured Pineapple Pete and Chris Jericho. Christopher Daniels and Brody Lee, uh, fatal four-way women's match that we'll get into. Best friends versus Jurassic Express. MJF returned, and Lance Archer and Jake Roberts also cut a promo in the ring, not involving snake rape. But in uh, NXT, didn't do anything for me either. He had one big angle, and then the Garganos were there, and I just think this was down to me coming off a week of two good shows last week. So AW kicks off with Lance Archer and Jake Roberts in the ring. Um, Lance Archer brutalizes a random man. I don't know where he came from, but he got his ass kicked. And Jake is fantastic. 
Yeah, he unapologetically talked about what he did to Brandy Rhodes. Um, Although I think he sexually attracted the late Lance Archer. Yeah. He was, was talking him up great. Let me look at that guy. Right, he, is, he is a murder hawk monster. But then you see a Ford F-150 Black Ops appear. Jesus Christ, this was awful. With a Nightmare Family logo on the hood. They made 50 of those things, and he not only put that dumb logo on his neck, he put it on the truck. I hope it wasn't permanent. I hope it was just like a vinyl decal or something. A sticker. Hopefully it's a Hope, sticker. Uh, hopefully. I mean. Dear God, they made 50 of those things. It's beautiful, that truck. I wouldn't put it past them. So Cody revs his engine, drives forward about 16 feet and crushes a barricade, then gets out. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for you to he say something. He drove the truck like 20 feet. Yeah. 20 fucking feet. And he slightly hit a barrel and got out and then walked to the ring. I like Cody. I like a lot of what he does. But, like, was this supposed to be intimidating? I don't know at all. Like, did Cody have AEW on the radio? Like, is there a radio broadcast? I mean, how did he know? What yeah, he, like, revved his engine. I forgot they were outside for a minute, so it would make sense that you could hear it. But I just, I don't understand. I guess that's true. They are outside. I don't, under, I don't understand why this happened. He that's giving a lot of credit to their sound quality, though. Yeah, that's true. I've been to one of their live shows. It's not the best. And their sound quality has been one of their uh, downfalls. Um, so, Cody gets out of his truck. Archer meets him, like, halfway up the ramp. Was was a, was a uh, UFC on TV last night? I think so. Unless it was on ESPN. It might have been on ESPN Plus, maybe. Didn't make the top 50 if it was. I might have been on ESPN Plus. I'm honestly NXT sure. came in no, at I, 46. I've been looking at it. And AEW's like, like 16 or and, something. And, and AEW came in at... at uh, now hold on. I saw it. Now I lost it. Uh, I had the charts out. but AEW came in at... Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, 15. I was close. That's between the story and Cuomo Primetime. So they have So it. the most watched news show in America... And and that and whatever the story is. So, um, yeah. So Cody got out. He was in a suit with some red bottoms, but he had he had his wrist taped. He was ready to fight. His hands were taped. Um, and then he, he was, has a he has a stranger fashion sense than you do, dude. He wears expensive shit. Like he wears some real expensive shit. Yeah, he does. He's a weirder fashion strength than you do. How? He's just he just has bizarre things he wears. He wears suits all the time. Is that bizarre? And, uh, I don't know. He doesn't wear cheap off-the-rack suits like, no, JBL, he, he like wears, JBL. He wears Versace. He wears fucking, he wears a lot of, wears a lot of Louis, wears a lot yeah. of... But anyway, that's not... Extra safe, kid. That's not what we're here to talk about. Um, he beat, he beat Archer's ass, but then Jake Roberts distracted him, and Archer turned around, stunned the American Nightmare, and then eventually Roberts ordered Archer to retreat, and Cody was standing in the ring all fired up. Yeah, very weird that he had the truck, but not a bad segment. Yeah, I didn't hate the segment. I didn't even hate the truck. It was just weird. Like, yeah, it was just... Why was he just sitting in the parking? Like, what was he, what was he why doing? Why did he drive the truck 20 feet? <laughs> I guess he was... I don't know. That's like me driving to my neighbor's house and getting out and walking in. <laughs> like, drive the thing to the ring, for Christ's sakes. Well, he probably couldn't. Why not? There's that fucking giant ramp that connects the ring to the stage. They could have rigged something up. I don't know. It, Jurassic Express versus Best Friends. Um, Trent, and Chuck, Trent and Chuck, easy for me to say, were in control early. Uh, they worked over Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus got a hot tag, but he was quickly stifled with a double suplex on the floor. Jungle Boy hit a dive. Um, then shit just got crazy. <coughs> Orange Cassidy was on the ramp. <coughs> yeah, things Fe- got wild. I couldn't, couldn't track it. Phoenix fucking came out of nowhere and leveled him with like a fucking Karate Kid flying crane. Well, they hit. were taped, were they not? 
I'm not sure. Because if, if they did, they fucked up editing. I didn't see Phoenix come out of anywhere. He was just there. I don't know if this is taped or not. I think they were taped last night. It could have been. I'm not sure, honestly. It looked pretty light there. I mean, Matt, well, it got dark. It was dark by the end of the show. Okay. It could have been taped, though. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, I, just, I don't know if they were taped or not. I don't know either. I mean, I know Matt Hardy's drone got destroyed, and like two minutes later, I had a picture up on Twitter of him consoling his drone. <laughs> so if it wasn't taped, that would have been a very quick turnaround time, but I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, Flying Ray Phoenix appeared, gave him the Karate Kid crane kick, and then fucking Wardlow yeeted fucking Marco's stunt into the fucking barricade out of nowhere. Don't know where the fuck he, he crushed came. him. Don't Jesus. know where the fuck he came from. Um, MJF got a, got a shot in, too. Yeah. Didn't he? I don't yeah, remember. He, he there was a lot of shit going on here. Uh... MJF threw Jungle Boy into the ring post, which led to Chuck Taylor hitting him with the awful waffle. That's a finishing move. It certainly is. But this was just a mess. I mean, it wasn't I, a bad mess. Yeah, it was just I, a I, mess at that round point. It was chaotic, but I thought it was fun. You know, yeah, they I need more tag teams. Sick of watching these fucking people fight. Well, they don't. All half the tag teams are stuck. The Bucks are stuck. Dark Order is stuck. So it's not they need more tag teams. They just need Dark Order might be stuck for a long time until those borders open up. Yeah. yeah. It's not like they, it's not that they need more tag I'm teams. I'm not clamoring just, for Evil Uno. I'm just, they just. I like them as a tag team. I don't mind them either, but I don't think they're, you know, they're revolt. Well, they might have them soon too, so. Yeah. Fatal 4-Way, Hikaru Shida, Penelope Ford, Chris Statlander, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Um, I think the best way to describe this match was fun, but sloppy. Like, Very I, sloppy. I thought this was a good match, but there was... Like, three out of these four women will probably be very good in three years, and Shida's already good. But they just need to keep getting ring time. Like, Chris Statlander has a lot of raw potential. Good size, great look. Yeah. Just, just... She just needs to keep she working. She needs to learn. She needs to learn. Yeah. She needed, she needed to be, she needed to be three more, three more years older in the business than she was doing this. And before this pandemic shit started, she was still doing indies on the weekend, yeah. which helped her get more ring time. But obviously there's no indies running right now, so... She just has to work it out. But I didn't think it was bad. It was just sloppy. It's better than they usually put on from this division. Which so, is still just an awful division. But Britt Baker is fantastic. I like her more and more every week. So the highlight of this match for me is when Baker, uh, like, raked, uh, or no, Baker got her nose raked, and Jim Ross called it a Greco-Roman nostril lock. You know what? I heard that, and I didn't hear, and I didn't hear, or I couldn't put together why he said that. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. He is from the, he is from the uh, Williamsport of Stop uh, it. amateur wrestling. No, that's Perry, Oklahoma. He's from Norman, Oklahoma. Oh, God. Go Sooners. Go Boomer Sooner, baby. Um, Fucking Lincoln Riley. So Ford got a bunch of near falls. Um, Baker wiped out Statlander ringside. Ford hit a missile drop kick. Uh, there was a wacky spot where uh, Penelope Ford got, like, whipped into the ropes, but Kip Sabian was on the apron, and it looked like they are going to hit each other. They just stopped and kissed. And then uh, Kip Sabian took a... Uh, Kip Sabian got knocked off the apron, um, and uh, Ford almost got rolled up. Should have been Geek of the Week if she did, but she kicked out. Um, Ford hit a poison run on Statlander that looked very sloppy. Um, Sheeta hit a running knee to the face for the win, but while all this was happening, Baker uh, had the lockjaw locked on Statlander on the floor, which I'm really enjoying Heelbert Baker. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, I, I, she gets better every week. She didn't care about winning the match. She just wanted to put the lockjaw on Statlander on the floor, which, you know. Sets, yeah, she gets better every week. It sets, up, it sets up two things. That. It sets up uh, Sheeta and Nyla Rose at the pay-per-view, and it sets up Britt Baker and Statlander at the pay-per-view. So mission accomplished. I thought it was good. I also like how uh, Britt Baker always puts on a surgical, a surgical glove when she applies the lockjaw. 
Good touch. It's her, Mr. Sacco. Yes. And Mick Foley did call her the Bret Hart of wrestling dentists. He did. So that's big. So up next, a tag team bout. Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega taking on the inner circle comprised of Santana and Ortiz. Um, so, of course, last week, Santana and Ortiz cost Hardy and Omega the street fight. So Hardy showed up in his Damascus vessel because, it's, you know, there's three of them. So you got to keep it clear which one Matt Hardy is. Um, why is it? Why is there a third one? I don't know. <laughs> uh, that gimmick was fun when it started. It does nothing for me anymore. 1999 Matt Hardy still needs to be represented. Yeah, that's true, I guess. So Santana Ortiz have control, um, frequent double teams while Hardy keeps inadvertently distracting the ref as a tag team veteran. You think he'd know better. Um, Omega hits a snapdragon to start the comeback. He finally gets a hot tag to Hardy. Um, twist the fate to Ortiz, but Santana gets a save. The heels again start to go to work on Omega. Hardy dumps Santana on the floor, then tags him, then tagged in legally. And hit Ortiz with the ice pick, which I haven't seen since he was cold-blooded Matt Hardy in TNA. So he's just wrapping all his gimmicks in the one. Nice callback to the ice pick. Um, Sammy Guevara runs in with a neck brace on. Um, he eats a twist of fate. Uh, but then eventually uh, Matt Hardy pins Ortiz and gets the W. I don't. It's just like I said, nothing, nothing stuck out for me on either show tonight. Yeah. Like I watched them both and I watched them both singularly. I wasn't watching them at the same time. I watched NXT and then I watched. AEW, and then I finished AEW this morning. It's just nothing nothing stuck out for me in either show. Lee Johnson versus MJF. Um, it was just a squash. Uh, he toyed with him before putting him with a sh- uh, putting him down on the shoulder breaker. And he cut a promo, challenged Marco Stunt to a match next week, says he has an open contract. And lucky for Marco Stunt, he put his name on the contract. This is exactly what it should have been. Great squash, great return for MJF. Uh, looking forward to see what he does in the near future. Yeah, I'm happy to have him back. He's their biggest star, I think, and that's where uh, that's where the money will be made. It's him having him not being there hurt them for a while. It is announced that at Double or Nothing, Mike Tyson will present the TNT Championship to the winner of the Cody versus Lance Archer match. I mean, because when I think secondary title, Mike Tyson comes to mind. Well, it makes sense if you think about it, because this was probably booked before they had to move from Vegas back to Jacksonville. Like, Mike Tyson in Jacksonville, you think about it, it makes no sense. Oh, yeah, you know what? But the show was supposed to be at the MGM Grand, where Tyson fought a shit ton of times. Where it's the home of Mike Tyson in the 90s heavyweight boxing. So that actually makes a lot of sense for him to be there and present the belt. I know a lot of people were like, oh, 1998 WWF wants their fucking Mike Tyson back. But I think it's just fun to say that. He's presenting a belt. Like, don't get your fucking... Hopefully he knows where the hard cam is. Don't get your fucking panties in a bunch. Yeah, hopefully he knows where the hard cam is in, like, Red Heart. Up next, Suge D. I'm just going to ignore your shots. Up next, Suge D, a.k.a. Pineapple Pete, takes on Chris Jericho. I fucking loved this. The best squash, the best squash match, and possibly the only one they ever did. Um, Suge D was all over Jericho, beating his ass, beating his ass, beating his ass. But then, all of a sudden... Jericho hits the Judas effect with a sud- like out of nowhere. It's the only move he hit all match. He gets the W, and he, he it was a really good one. He's, he's hit some bad ones, yeah, but he he hit a really good one, and that's the, that's how every one of their uh, main event talent versus undercard or even not even signed guys should go. And you know should, what? It should be the model. It didn't even make should well see. I don't. I like this one especially because if they're going to sign Shug D, this didn't even make him look like a geek. He was beating Jericho's ass, beating Jericho's ass. Then he got hit with the Judas effect out of nowhere, and the top guy's top move just kept him down. Yeah. It, it, it was really good shit. It was really good booked. 
Cody definitely had a piece of that. So after the match, Jericho and the Inner Circle are in the ring. Um, the AEW, uh, former AEW World Champion, issues a challenge for the first ever stadium stampede match with the Inner Circle taking on the Elite, which will take place in TIA Bank Field, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, what is a stadium stampede match? No one really knows. It's just a match in a stadium. That I'm assuming there's no rules. The fucking Canadians has put stampede and everything. Um, but then Vanguard 1 appeared. He accepted the challenge on behalf of the elite. But then Jericho took... Jericho rescinded the offer for Vanguard 1 to join the inner circle and said that instead they'd have their sixth member is Floyd. And he pulls out a baseball bat that actually says inner circle on it, which was... Phenomenal. Baffling and phenomenal. Um, so Jericho she, makes really bad things really good. Jericho has gotten over a list, a plant, a traffic cone, a champagne bottle. This man will take any inanimate object and get it over. It's, yeah, it's he's, incredible. He's excellent. Um, but Jericho takes Floyd and smashes Vanguard 1 to pieces with it. Um, I guess those golf carts weren't fast enough to get Matt Hardy to the ring because, once again, the baby face doesn't make <laughs> the save. And Matt Hardy is heartbroken as Vanguard 1 is smashed into pieces. What is worse, dumb baby face or shady baby face? Depends on the circumstances. Okay, that's fair enough. Like, a dumb baby face is really bad, but Cody not saving his wife is, like, baffling. That's okay. That's fair. That's not dumb. That's just being a shitty person. Yeah. Now the main event, Christopher Daniels versus your favorite, Mr. Brody Lee. Mr. Kiss My Ass. Um, so, uh, if you remember, Christopher Daniels is the one who said there was no Exalted One. He told Evil Uno he's full of shit and a false prophet. But then, of course, Brody Lee showed up, beat the shit out of Christopher Daniels, and that's where this match came from. So Lee was beating Daniels' ass early. Um, uh, Christopher Daniels made a slight comeback. He had a moonsault to the floor, but then Brody Lee cut him off again. Late in the match, uh, SCU interfered. Uh, well, they tried to stop 10 from interfering, I should say. Not Ty Dillinger, the other 10 they have. The more the more impressive 10. Um Daniels hit Lee with a steel chair and got him in the Koji clutch. And suddenly, a brawl broke out between SCU, Colt Cabana, and the Dark Order. Like, shit, this is another one where shit was going everywhere. Yeah, it's just a mess. Like, get it together. Daniels hit the Angels' wings for a, near, for a two count. And then Lee got the victory with his, uh, first he hit the boss man slam, then he hit his discus clothesline. He was surrounded by his uh, Dark Order minions, holding up the AW title. But then John Moxley appeared. Um, Moxley shows up. Ten and Lee flee. That rhymes. Leaving the uh, Dark Order geeks to get beat up by Moxley, who says he will not uh, he will not suffer disrespect. And he said that Brody Lee is going to pay for it with interest. And he says that his AEW career may be over before it even gets started. Let's go, John! So that was AEW for the week. Did you see people really upset that he was still using the discus clothesline? I did not. Oh my god! Twitter's like, why was why were they we stuck with a WWE ass move? Do they not realize that Moxley still uses the dirty deeds? He yeah, just, just calls it a paradigm shift, and sometimes does it from the top rope. Now, yeah, well, that's, that's the Death Rider, right? Well, no, it's a, the the same move as the Death Rider in New Japan. Yeah, okay, well, that, but it's, it's a, a paradigm move. shift in AEW. But I saw a certain a certain uh, person on Twitter be like, "Why does he use the move WWE gave him?" Like. It's a WWE move. I'm like, first of all... He's using it before he even got to WWE. He was using it before he got to WWE. And the Anvil's the only other one that used it. And he used it outside of WWE, too. There's fucking... No no one could copyright a fucking discus clothesline. The fuck? Like... I don't know. AEW does has... It's the only finishing move 
exclusive to her promotion is the discus that, or the, the Judas that's, effect. That's true. Should, should Okada stop using the Rainmaker now too? Because it's you know it's a WWE move. With, I know technically not the same thing, but it's close enough. Yeah. Should Okada stop using the Rainmaker? But just relax. It's a great move. I love the discus clothesline on Brody. He makes it look great. Looks like he's throwing one hundred percent of his weight, one hundred percent of his weight through through behind him. Nice to see him actually wrestle a contender though. It's yeah. been a long time since Brody wrestled, and it's it's nice. NXT also May thirteenth. We kick it off with a NXT Tag Team Championship match. Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher defend against Imperium, Fabian Eichner, and Marcel Bartel. Um, Bartel and Thatcher start off real, uh, real nice chain wrestling, some takedowns. But then uh, Thatcher got control, started hitting lefts and rights. Then Riddle and Eichner both get tags, and they and Riddle starts suplexing the fuck out of Eichner. Uh, Imperium gets the heat, but then we go to break. Then, when we come back from break, we have Riddle accidentally knocking Thatcher off the apron when he's reaching for a tag. So, Thatcher said, fuck this shit, and took a walk, leaving Riddle to fend for Eichner and Bartel. And this was good shit. It was. Because Matt Riddle started hitting fucking discus knees, bro to sleep. Oh, he went nuts. Like, Matt Riddle was making a one-man comeback, and I was actually convinced, holy shit, Riddle might actually pull this off. He, He went nuts. But then Eichner and Bartel cut him off, hit the European bomb, and we have new NXT Tag Team Champions, Imperium... Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner. Their second run with NXT championships, right? No. Well, they had. Then they have. They did not have the Europe NXT UK ones. No, they never did. Nope. Okay, a lot of wrestling. I'm sorry, but this was really, really good shit. Yeah, it I loved. Really, good I loved shit. Riddle's one man comeback. That was some good shit. And I really like Riddle and Thatcher working against each other. So your your whole theory the whole time would be that Thatcher joins Imperium. Yep. Do you still do you think that's where this is headed? Yep. Fair I really enough. do. I don't know. I just think like a five man unit is. A little overkill. Well, I mean, maybe he doesn't fully join, but he's definitely doing like a bidding. loose, a loose alliance, mm-hmm. like a rogue, like a rogue Imperium member. But he's definitely going to favor them. So he's like Jeff Cobb. Yeah. Okay. He's not going to come in and lose though, and then Stop. be praised. Well, he did lose. He actually he lost. Uh, he, he did. did lose. He did come in and lose. But he just didn't just lose. He, he did. Come he in won and in the end. Well, fucking Cobb beat up Moxley after the match too. Fair. You're that backfired on you so hard. Everything backfires on me. Aren't you used to it by now? Indy Hartwell versus Tegan Knox. Um, a thing that happened. Showcase match for Tegan. I really like Indy Hartwell. Um, she could show some promise in the future. But eventually, the girl with the shiniest wizard hit the shining wizard. It was a good one, too. And got the dub. Um, Hartwell looked good, though. It wasn't like a total squash. She Hartwell great, got some yeah. offense in. Interim Cruiserweight Championship tournament action. Tony Knees taking on Jake Atlas. Jake Atlas had to win to stay alive. And then he needs the win, and he needs Drake to beat Kushida next week to force a three-way tie. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. He also forced in that he is the biggest Drake Maverick fan on the planet. Yes, he did. So he might give up his spot to I don't know Drake. What, I, don't know, I still don't know where this is going. Neither do I. Only we could find out. Um, but we got Nice versus Atlas. Uh, nice was already mathematically eliminated coming in at 0-2, so he's just trying to play the spoiler role. Uh, nice showed his power early, but Atlas got the advantage with his uh, technical wrestling. Um, the premier athlete, he was trying to brutalize Atlas. He wasn't just trying to win the match. Um, Atlas hit the rainbow DDT kind of out of nowhere to get the win and keep himself alive in the tournament. This is probably on the weaker end of the NXT tournament matches, but they didn't give him a lot of time. So they did the best of what they could with the time they were given. Overall, it was fine. Nothing like, you know, nothing blow away. Yeah, no, it was a good match. I like Jake Atlas a lot. I like Jake Atlas I, I, a lot, too. I like Tony Nese. Although, I, does Jake Atlas' father referee for this company? 
I don't think so. He looks like the referee. No, Drake is definitely not his father. You're talking about Drake Wirtz. He's yes. definitely not his father. I think at it all. is. At, at all. I don't know any of the NXT rest by name. Um, well, I know Drake because he's a former Deathmatch guy. He's worked in PWG, worked in CZW. Did he work with Japanese Deathmatch legend Luther? He might have at some point. Probably. Wait, did you watch that match Tuesday? It was awful. It was... I refuse. I will not watch no, it. It's... I will not watch it. I don't know any of Luther's moves. <laughs> I'm not... I am not... I'm not doing this. Please watch it. For no! Me. He told... He sold the water, unlike Tamina. He sold the water. He sold the water? You know, they did the Tamina spot where he gets water thrown in his face. Luther you know, did. Yeah, you know how you know how Alvarez is bitching that Tamina didn't sell the water? Luther sold the water. So. It's water! It's, it was already 70% of his fat fucking ass. What do you, what do you think? Uh, up next, DX's Jesus big announcement. Christ. DX's announcement was that on June 7th, 25 years after the original In Your House, In Your House is back in the form of NXT TakeOver In Your House. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I think it is pretty fantastic that they're bringing it back. 25 years anniversary. The logo is outstanding. Yeah. It, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably buy a shirt if they make one because I just – I love the in-your-house concept. Some of the best matches ever are in your house. Gun to the head. If I'm watching something later, what's in your house am I watching? Uh, good Friends, Better Enemies. That was – Oh, wait. Were you asking me which one you should watch or which one you are going to watch? Which one I should watch? Good Friends, Better Enemies. Shawn Michaels, Diesel. Shawn Michaels, Diesel, right? Guard main event. Or Canadian Stampede. Can't go wrong with that one either. No, you can't, but I've seen that one so many times. That's, that's why I tried to pick – You know, that's, that, that's a – that is my opinion. The main event of that show is the single under most underrated wrestling match in history. I don't know. A lot of people love that match. I don't think it's really that underrated. But like, it people... never gets talked about like with the greats, though. I guess I see your point. It's a great match. I, I think it's better than any Survivor Series match ever. Hmm. Off the top of my head, I'd I'd have to. I don't know. I I, I like the one. Different. I like the one. They're they're elimination though. You can't yeah. really compare them. That's true. But maybe, you know what, maybe, I've been looking for little things to watch. I tried Superstars, I can't. I can't do <laughs> you it. quit already? I can't do it. How did you people watch wrestling in the 90s? Well, dude, those early in your houses are really bad, so that's... Well, yeah, but, but I mean, you got, in, at the main event of one, of one of the in your houses, one of my favorite wrestling matches ever, and that was Mind Games in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's true. But that's so, like, I mean, that's like... they got good. There's some great stuff in in your houses. Yeah, but you really want to watch Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Henry O in a hog pen match? Absolutely, I do. Of course you do. Absolutely, I do. Up next. Which Road Dog brought up last night when he popped up? I don't know where. He did. And I hope they bring back the original in your house set, but considering it's at the PC, I don't think they will, which is sad. Uh, you know what? Maybe, though. It couldn't be like the set they, they use is not bigger than it. It's just a house. Like, yeah. It's just a house. But I say, it's not the set. It's not bigger than the set they use for NXT. But they'd have to, with them running three shows in that building, I can't see them, you know what I mean? I can't see them changing the I set. See, it would be nice if they did, though. It would be very nice if they did. I'm, are you going to buy a shirt? I don't know. I, well, I still want the Vintner shirt. I'm not even going to lie. Eric Redbeard? It's such a good shirt. He, he's such a good man. Spider, genius, firefly, brother. <laughs> such a good shirt. I don't think I'd ever wear it, but I want it. Spider, genius, firefly, brother? Yeah. Phenomenal. And like the, the, like the Rabones, like circular logo. I, I, he's the greatest human being ever. He doesn't get a job, does like, he? And like the clown mask in the middle. Oh, it's such a good shit. He doesn't get a job, does he? Oh, he'll get a job somewhere. He's a, he's big. He's a big fucker. I told you. I think the best place for Rusev is NWA. Not only is he a red beard, he's a red wood. He is. I believe that's what Brian called him, didn't he? I think he did, the yeah. Redwood? Yeah. Regardless, it's grime time. It's grime time, baby. Finn Balor versus Cameron Grimes. 
So Grimes tries to hit the uh, cave in immediately, but the but Balor dodges it and gets a headlock takeover to start the action. Uh, commercial break, come back. Grimes has the heat. He's continuing to dominate until Balor hits a cave in of his own, and it was a motherfucker of a cave in too. And then um, he stomps Grimes in the mat until the ref says until the ref threatens to disqualify him for kicking too much ass, which is always a shitty finish. But he he stops and does not get DQ'd. Um, but then, out of nowhere, Damien Priest shows up, hits Balor with a nightstick, and Bar- and Grimes hits the cave-in and gets the victory. So Damien Priest, he's the guy that attacked Balor. What do I'm you make o- of that? I'm okay with it. I'm okay. I'm, I'm down for Balor and Priest. It's better than him fighting Keith Lee for a yeah. 48th time. Yeah, right? Uh, but I'm down for Balor and Priest. I think they could uh, do it, but they're both heels, which is weird. Is it not? Yeah. But, I mean, Balor has such a reputation... That he could be, he could work either way, but I'm down for it. Grimes got to win, and I love seeing Grimes win because uh, you are a huge fan of him. I'm a big fan of him as I well. I love Cameron Grimes. Love his little hat, his and his song. They turned Trevor Lee into something very special. Um, we should mention. I mean, we already passed it at this point, but there was a promo video for Carry On Cross and Scarlet using the end. And if you've, if you're an old school wrestling fan, you've heard that song at numerous Armageddon's. And the first shot was just eyes, and at first I thought it was Loomis, and I got so excited. But Cross and Scarlet are also worthy for the song, and it makes where, sense. Where was our boy last night? Uh, probably lurking somewhere. He, I wish I wish they sent him to Jacksonville, and he just stands outside Daly's place. <laughs> that would be great. Because I, I'm, I would be so down for that. Because he's the best wrestler on the planet. But of course, a fitting the end, of course, because Cross keeps saying TikTok, the end is here, all that shit. Yeah, no, it's fitting. Yeah. Up next, the other cruiserweight championship tournament match of the night. Jack Gallagher versus Isaiah Sort of Scott. Um, before the match, Isaiah Scott is talking about you can't imagine going winless in the tournament like Nice and Gallagher currently were. And apparently this pissed Mr. Nice off because Swerve was just trying to make his way to the ring. And then Nice came out of nowhere and attacks poor old Swerve. Um, Gallagher had the advantage. Uh, eventually Swerve made a comeback, hit the house call. But then uh, Gallagher ended up putting him down and... Uh, got the W, so Gallagher's on the board, one and two, and now Swerve is also one and two, so Swerve is basically eliminated. Yep. Is Gallagher, is Gallagher still alive? No, no he's I, out, right, because he, he, he would have lost the tiebreaker. It's uh, Phantasma, and who else is in that group? Uh, Drake, right? No, Drake's in the other group. Oh. it's fa- Oh, it's Phantasma and Tazawa. Oh, let's go. Yeah. And that's next week, right? They didn't wrestle yet, did, did they? I don't know if they, I think they might have wrestled there's so much wrestling. Let's not talk about. I don't that think right they now. did wrestle yet. I think it is. Now I next think we week. remembered that one of yeah. them at least. But uh, I think it's next week, which is of course the way they planned it out. But you know what? I'm okay with this because you're you're setting up you're setting up uh, different stories for purple ropes, and I'm okay with that. Caden Carter versus uh, Aliyah. Aliyah. I think it's Aliyah. Um, uh, I, I thought. It, I think it's also Aliyah. Yeah, it is Aliyah. It's one why. of those two. Things. I don't know why I said Aliyah. Yeah. Um. Basically, this was a match to. Uh, Keep teasing that Aaliyah is going to join the Robert Stone brand. Robert, Aaliyah was in control. Robert Stone came out. Um, she tried to impress him with a moonsault, but she missed. And then Caden Carter locked in the Indian Deathlock for the submission victory. Good shit. I haven't seen one of those in a while. No, it's been a while. It's the been old... a while that for that and the Brock Lock. The Brock Lock. The Stretch Muffler. I love the Brock Lock. I, I hate that he changed the name, though. Yeah, me too. Stretch Muffler is an incredible name. Yes, it was. And still is. The main event, Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. Can I say this, wrap this up in two words? Socket. 
I hate when you do that to me. Natural enemies. Natural. They they had. Gr- I loved watching them wrestle each other. Oh, dude, it was a it was like a sprint, but it was a great sprint. Yeah. We should mention that uh, throughout the night, Timothy Thatcher continually attacked Matt Riddle backstage multiple times. Um. So this match came out. Uh, it was like it was basically an MMA style fight. Lots of rights and lefts, followed by takedowns. And um, it went through one commercial break. Thatcher stomped Riddle's bare foot, which looked like it sucked. Um, Thatcher uppercutted the shit out of him. Uh, Riddle took advantage when Thatcher locked in a knee lock and rolled him into a pinning combination to get the victory. But Thatcher attacked uh, Riddle after the bell and locked him in an arm bar to end the show. And that was NXT. And I'm assuming we'll get a match in your house from them too? Most likely. Maybe a submission match. Oh, when's the last time there's been a good submission match? Kushida and uh, Drew Gulak last year. Very slept on, but very good. Fair enough. But okay. still all year. All right, so MVP time and grade time. So who is your MVP for all elites wrestling? Uh, Jericho. Yeah, why? He made, he made, he, made uh, he, was the only, he had the only successful squash match there. I wouldn't say the only. Brody Lee's had some good ones. That's fair, but he's, I mean, I'm, I don't count Marco Stunt. I mean, I'm talking about Axel Rush. Well, I'm, I'm, he, he squashed the shit out of Lee Johnson in the battle for the name Lee. True. Um, but I Jericho made Sugar look great and and get himself over. He's just really good at that. How about you? Uh, for I'm gonna go Jericho overall. So for AEW, I'm gonna go Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Always. Did you ever see his Tough Enough video? Yes, Radish, it's outstanding. When he was Maxwell Jacob Feinstein. Yeah, and somehow, somehow he was more Jewish than Friedman. Feinstein was a gimmick name, and he just decided to go with the shoot name. So yeah, it's better. That's better than Feinstein. Yeah, I don't, Feinstein sounds fake. I like Feinstein though. That just sounds like a douchebag, Max. Yeah. I'm sorry if your last name is Feinstein, but unless your first two names are Maxwell Jacob, then you're okay. Seinfeld seems like or Seinfeld. <laughs> Feinstein sounds like the bad guy on a Seinfeld episode. Rest in rest in peace to uh, Jerry, Stiller, Jerry Stiller, the greatest father in history of television. Yeah. Oh, did you see that Tom Phillips snuck in a uh, uh, Aaron Grievances reference? I did. Well shit. done. Yeah, it's well good done. Shit. But I'm gonna go for my NXT. I'm gonna go Cameron Grimes. Grime time, baby. It's Grime time. He looked great. Balor made him look outstanding. Uh, on the way up, he just got a big win. So maybe he'll be heading into the North North American Championship direction soon. I'm going Tim Thatcher. You know, you know. Eventful night from costing Riddle the tag titles to beating his ass backstage to losing a fun match to getting the heat afterwards. So I thought Mr. Thatcher had a good night from that standpoint. Thatcher is my overall. Really? Yes, for two reasons. One, they timed it perfectly when he walked out. It was at the right time in the match. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's important in that kind of angle. Two, he called back and hit Riddle with a TV. He did. So that's that's why. And I thought him and Riddle had a good match. What the fuck did he call him that I was dying at? I texted you it. I got to find it now. I don't know. I don't know. We text each other too much. No, I got to find it because it was something so stupid, but I laughed hysterically. But I'm not making a judge in the show this week because I just none of them, neither of them really did anything for me. Um, so like I said, for overall MVP, <laughs> I, am going, uh, I am going Chris Jericho. And for me, AEW gets the nod. Their double or nothing plans got thrown in the shitter. Like the absolute shitter. And oh, he called him a hot mess. Oh yeah, I started dying. Called him a hot mess. Um, their double or nothing fa- plans got thrown in the shitter, and they have built an exciting double or nothing card. Like I'm looking forward to the show. We got the stadium stampede. We got Brody and Mox. We got the uh, wacky casino ladder match. 
Um, that is going to be either great or terrible. We have Nyla Rose and uh, Sheeta, which I think will be good. We have Britt and Statlander. Should be some fun shit. Yeah. So that's the Should war- be a decent show, at least. That's the War Report for the week. And tell them what we got cooking next. Money in the Bank, which seems like it's not only five days ago. But yeah, it's wild. We will get into it, what we liked and we didn't like, and the future of the company. Yeah, so stick around. So, Money in the Bank. Here comes the money! I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, money in the Bank took place May 10th. The attendance was zero. <laughs> took place at the... See, the attendance in my heart was 93,173. Took place at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando and also the WWE Corporate Headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut. Um, so, let's kick it off. The pre-show match... Jeff Hardy take on Cesaro. This one 13 minutes and 30 seconds, and I thought this was a whale of a match. Yeah, it was, it was all right. <clears throat> I mean, you have two guys as talented as that. They're not going to put on a bad match. Um, my favorite part was when Cesaro was beating his ass on the outside, and they threw him back in the ring. They looked at the camera and said, I'm a gentleman. I'm going to take the steps. And they <laughs> walked in the steps and got in the ring. Cesaro's funny as hell. Cesaro's great. You got to watch him. put a mic in his hand. got to watch him. No, they got to they just let him be Cesaro. If you watch him in the fucking Xavier Woods Uno videos, he is so fucking charismatic. Yeah, he is. So just let him be Cesaro. Don't try to make him be the Swiss cyborg. Um, yes. But eventually, Jeff Hardy got the win at the Swanton. I, this, is, this is probably the most fun I've had watching a pre-show match in a while. Oh, yeah. It was excellent. Um, I'm trying to think the last pre-show match that was this fun. Uh, New Day versus... That's the- a different level. No, that's a different level. What do you mean? Why is it a different level? Because that match was incredible. <laughs> that's, that match doesn't even belong in the same conversation as this. I know why you when you had the last one. What? Uh Rod Dark match, Bo Dallas versus Curtis Axel. What's oh, there? Yep. 2019. 2016. Rest in peace, Curtis Axel. We'll yep. mess you, bud. We'll mess you, Joe Hennig. Uh so the proper opener, the New Day defend the SmackDown Tag Team Championships against the Forgotten Sons, Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake with Jackson Riker. The Miz and John Morrison and the Lucha House Party, Grand Metalik and Lindsay Dorado. This went 12 minutes and I had a lot of fun watching this yeah, match. Yeah, this is, I love that. I, I hate this format of match. W- really WWE do. oversaturates it way too much. They do the multi-man tag match way too often. It just it's it's just hard to watch and hard to follow, but I thought this was good. Um I was, thought Big E was excellent in this match. The one negative I have is it was kind of a carbon copy of the eight-man tag they had on SmackDown literally two days earlier. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun anyway. Um Riker got ejected and Brian Alvarez brought up a great point. If it's no disqualification, what happens if Riker just doesn't leave? Wrestling. I know, but like... No, that's true. You, nothing would have happened. Yeah. He could have he could have, he could have rebirded with them. No one would happen. Yeah, also it's... Like, like he couldn't pin anybody, but... It's like it's no disqualification, but all these guys are politely waiting for tags. Yeah, it's just wrestling all... I hate this style of match. I really do. It I just, despise it. It, prevents too many, it presents too many problems, like we're yeah. talking about, like... Yeah, you gotta suspend your disbelief somewhat, I but thought you AEW got this right. You can't insult people's intelligence. I, I thought AEW got this right. So, like I said, it was, I thought it was a fun match. Um, the Luke House Party looked very good in this match. Uh, miss- and, and you know what? They're missing their best wrestler. Really? I, I thought I thought you'd be on the, the, the stand that Metalik's their best wrestler. I mean, if you want to look at it one way, he is. But, I mean, most known wrestler, most worldwide known wrestler, is Kalisto. Um yeah, it's because they have to fucking change everybody's names and just like Grand Metal League be Masquerada Dorada. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I'm sure so many people would know Masquerada Dorada. 
I'm sure a lot of people would. Are you More people me? would. Yeah. Because right? um, he's incredible. I watched that match, by the way. Don't do it, 2011. He's as wild then. But uh, New Day got the pin on the Alusha House Party, who unfortunately seems that's what they're in this match to do, eat the pin. And Big E and Kofi retain. I think any match with Alusha House Party's in, they're going to eat the pin. I think they're uh, setting up a singles feud, well, a singles tag feud with the Forgotten Sons, because the Forgotten Sons looked like they had this match one a couple times, but... And that's fine, and that's, that's a good way to do it, if you're going that direction. I don't know what this means for Miz and Morrison. Maybe they'll both be in the Intercontinental title tournament. We'll see. Yeah, maybe they'll face each other in the tournament. Up next... I wouldn't mind more that gold title going Morrison. Up next, uh, R-Truth is supposed to take on MVP. This was awesome. This this led to... Well, first, R-Truth comes out and does his entire rap when there's no one there. And, like, he's oblivious to the fact no one's there. He's just doing what's up, putting the... What's up? And then putting the crowd up, putting the mic up to the crowd. But then MVP comes out. And he has my favorite insults I've ever heard. He said... Take your fake young thug, Migos, future-looking ass out of here. I died. Mr. 305. I fucking died. It's, it's funny. I, I, R-Truth is a funny motherfucker, he dude. Said he called him a wannabe young thug, Migos, future-looking ass. Which it, is true. He looks like all of those people. He does look like young thug a lot. He looks like all of those he people. He looks like young thug a lot. He looks just like Offset. He does. He does. But this was all right. And then Bobby, Bobby Trunks came in. Yeah. Bobby Longtights came out to take MVP's spot, and he squashed our truth in a minute forty. Which our truth wanting the day off, or wanting the day off, and, and he is excuse slapping. Fucking it, yes, it was excellent. He, his excuse was, "If MVP gets to go, why doesn't he?" <laughs> and Bobby killed him. I like it a lot. Our truth is phenomenal. Seems like they're planting the seeds for a Bobby Lashley MVP. It looks like MVP's building a stable. He's got the Australians. He's got Lashley, and he's probably getting Apollo when he comes back. What a fucking weird stable. <laughs> Brendan Vink, he's 6'5". Brendan Vink, Lashley, and Lashley Jr. And Shane Thorne. And Shane Thorne. Better than Kevin Thorne. <laughs> if you think about it. Kevin Thorne's like a world champion realtor now. Oh, fucking course. You know who else is a realtor? Snitsky, I think. They all are. It's an easy profession to get into, I guess. I mean, thank God Snitsky's not with the company with Seth and Becky around. Oh, yeah, he'd be punting babies. How the hell did that get on TV? It's 2004, different time. I, I don't think it was ever socially acceptable to punt a child. Yeah, but WWE wasn't, wasn't like... That's true. You know, they aren't what they are now. Long live Gene Snitsky. Nothing was ever his fault. No. But they met the guy, wonderful human. I met the guy, too. Where that weird skull shit. Yeah, he's from right around here. Nes- well, Nesquahoning isn't right around here. It's only it's less than an hour away. No, it's not. Is it really? No, yeah. it's not. Yeah, it is. I don't think you, I, I don't think you think it's where it, where it is. I don't think you think you think it where it is. I think I am thinking what you think I'm thinking. But... <laughs> Up next, if you get that, I'm, I'm happy. I do get, I do get that. Up next, we had a match that was a pleasant surprise. Bailey defends the SmackDown Women's Championship against Tamina. Yes, Tamina um, Stuka. Match is all right. It was fine. Yeah. Um, it was Bailey. I love Bailey and Michael Cole yelling at each other. Yes. Um, people want to give Oscar the the empty arena MVP, which is well deserved. But I think Bailey also deserves it because her back and forth with Michael Cole every week. Is legitimately the highlight of SmackDown. Yeah. I I love her talking shit to Michael in Cole. real time, because we know all these wrestlers can fucking hear the commentary. There's no other noise, but Bailey is. That's not that close. It's a Carbon County. It's not that close. It's, gym, it's closer. It's it's ten miles closer this way than Jim Thorpe, which is forty five minutes away. I don't buy it. Um, what should we call it? Uh, Bailey and Bailey and Tamina. 
Yeah, I had a fucking thought, and you made me lose it because you're fucking trying to be second place in the state geography bee over here. Again, I already did that once. I know, that's that's why I said it. But uh, you said uh, Bailey should be up for MVP of Empty Arena. Yeah, I was going somewhere else with that, though. Because they can hear the commentary. Yeah, and she's the only one that acknowledged it. But anyway, back to this match. Um, Tamina's in control for most of it, but eventually the uh, the numbers game catches up for him. Uh, Bailey works on the knee, which comes into effect... Because Tamina goes for a splash, but uh, Bailey tries to get the knees up, but then Tamina lands on her feet and like catches Bailey's knees, but then her knees hurt, and it's just a whole series of deals. But basically, the finish came when uh, Tamina had Bailey up for the Samoan drop, but Sasha came in, ran amok, and then Bailey was able to get uh, Tamina in the sloppiest crucifix I've ever seen in my life for Ew. the victory. I hate that finish. It never works out well. Um, it wasn't a bad, I mean, it wasn't a good match, but it wasn't the disaster. It was the best Tamina's looked. Yeah, it wasn't the disaster I was expecting. I I do enjoy Heel Barely Paley now. She got her gripes with it, I think, and she kind of knows where her character's going. I can't wait for fans to be back for them to see that. Up next, Braun Strowman defends the Universal Championship against the, not the Fiend, the regular Bray Wyatt. Um, this went 10 minutes and 55 seconds. This is another match that, like, as a professional wrestling match, it wasn't that great, but it told a good story. As good as it can be? Yeah, I guess. I mean, here's my point. I figured saw, this out. We saw Bray bust out a Tornado DDT for the first time in ever. Yeah, you've got to go down to the Mean Guy Classic. Then. No no Mean Guys with Tornado DDT. But Bray's not in the Mean Guy Classic. You're right, the Fiend is. I don't think he's doing it either, so you're, you're all right. But uh, I noticed something in this match that's excellent storytelling, if I'm right. If not, I just have a very creative mind. Oh, God. When Braun came in with the mask, Bray thought he won. Bray thought he had him. Yeah. So all of Bray's power is in his head. He doesn't have actual, any actual power, and that will be his downfall. Well, I don't think Bray has any actual power anyway. The Fiend is actual power. But Bray's alter ego is the Fiend. The, the Fiend is Bray's confidence. But I thought the deal was we think they're two different people. See, that's fair. And I thought you were going to shoot it in the foot. But see... Well, Bray, no, I, I, don't, I can't tell you what your theory is. If you think it's his alter ego, that's your theory. I think Bray, Bray's, Bray thought he won, so all his power is actually in his mind. I could. That's. I don't think that's that far fetched. No. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's where they're going. But I don't know why makes... the sheet mask was broken, though. I don't understand. Unless it was just an accident. <laughs> I just. Put um, it back. I, I believe that part. Of, no, that wasn't live, was it? No. That was a big thing. Yeah. The, the live sticker disappeared because they had Huskus and crew. I don't know why they couldn't. I don't know why they couldn't do any of that live. No, no, they had. They, they, they don't. They know some puppeteers. <laughs> they have to. But. Uh, yeah, so Braun, so Braun uh, is in control, but eventually Bray cuts him off. It's Tornado DET. Then Huskus pops up and starts cheering on Bray. Then eventually Rambling Rabbit, uh, Abby the Ghost, they all pop Abby the up. Witch. Abby the Abby the Ghost, Jesus. It's Casper Abby, the Ghost. Okay, it is Casper the Ghost, but he's completely unrelated. Abby the Witch. Look at you, you're on your fucking game today. You got fucking Mr. Geography. You're, uh, you're an entomologist now. What the hell is that? It's like an animal expert. You can tell witches from ghosts. Neither of those things are animals. <laughs> I don't know. There's a, what are you, a spiritologist? I'm or? a cryptozoologist. You're fucking, your tail's from the crypt, all right. Yeah, that's, that's all right. Um, but this was as good as it could be. But uh, I had such, such a good punch on you. keep cutting me off. I'm sorry, I wasn't wrapping it up. Go ahead. So Braun rises from the, from the uh, ring uh, wearing the sheet mask. But Bray, like you said, Bray thought he won. But then Braun Strowman went future. He said, mask on, fuck it, mask off. And then hit Bray with the power slam and got the victory. And Braun Strowman is still the universal heavyweight champion of the world. I thought it was well done. 
It was Bro, fine. He dropped down to his knees, and Brian had a great facial, and he took off the mask. Whoa, dropping down to your knees to get a facial? What are you, what are you thinking about? Get your mind out of the fucking gutter. Your mind's in the You're talking about getting facials on your knees. <sighs> I guess that's true. Up next, probably the match of the night. Um, Yeah. Seth Rollins took on Drew McIntyre. I really wish there was a crowd for this match because this would... This match picked up. So, I'm going to make I'm going to say something controversial here potentially. I'm not saying you have to like this match, but if you don't like this match, there's nothing WWE will ever do that you like. Yeah, no, that, that's that's true. I know what you mean. It's hard to say cuz it can be taken a million different ways. Yeah, like but. I'm not saying like you have to like this match. This match is in, I'm saying like if you don't like this match, you will never like anything in the WWE style. Yes. And this was even this this was this was pretty hard hitting at points. Well, it had all the WWE tropes though, not protecting finishers, too many near falls. I love. I don't get me wrong. I really like the match, but it was formulaic WWE style to a T, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just is. No, what it yeah, is. this is this is what you're gonna get. Yeah, it's just that's how it's how big title matches in WWE go. And I thought it was a really good match. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I like when Seth went for the dive, and then McIntyre caught him and. Uh, Belly to back to him right on the fucking announce table. Looked like Seth landed on a monitor. Looked like it sucked. That always looks like it hurts. Yeah. So, um, Drew's going for a Claymore. Seth counters. Hits a super kick. But then, uh, then Seth hits a curb stomp. Drew kicks out. He hits another super kick. But then Drew, like, bounces right off the ropes. Hits a Claymore out of nowhere. Which, I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of like it. It's not egregious, in my opinion. No, because, I mean, but, like, a super kick, I don't know. You should just be able to bounce out of a super kick and hit your finisher. I mean, if you hit the ropes, though, you can get your mind together. <laughs> I, I'm not explaining it. I it don't doesn't know. need to be It's it, wrestling. It's WWE. It's I like it. the finish. Yeah, I, I like the match. It was a good match. And um, it's okay that Seth gave him that much of a fight because Seth is, what, a four-time world champion now? Yeah. Three-time. Three-time or four-time? Four. Two WWE, two Universal. Okay, so. Because the second WWE title lasted about a minute and a half, but he still won it. Oh, yeah, I guess the, the Moxley thing. Yeah. The Ambrose thing, not the Moxley thing. Um, so then, that takes us to our main event. A 12-person Money in the Bank ladder match. We both the women's... Well, we later we thought it was the women's Money in the Bank. We later found out it was the Raw Women's Championship. Again, another nitpick. This is also super nitpicky. But wouldn't you be able to tell if there's a fucking 10-pound championship in that briefcase? I know that's super nitpicky. I agree with you. I kind of wish Asuka was walking around trying to figure out why it was so heavy for weeks. Yes. I that would have been funny. Yeah, like, what the fuck's in this thing? Um, but that's super nitpicky. Like you said, it's wrestling. You just kind of got to go yeah. with it. But at the time, we thought it was for the uh, women's money in the bank and the men's money in the bank. We later found out that it was actually for the Raw Women's Championship and the money in the bank contract. So you have Asuka versus Carmella versus Dana Brooke versus Lacey Evans versus Nia Jax versus Shayna Baszler versus Otis versus AJ Styles versus Aleister Black versus Daniel Bryan versus King Corbin versus Rey Mysterio. Now, before we get into this match... I tried to find the tweet earlier today because I knew I was going to talk about it, but I couldn't find it. And I'm not so much going at the guy who tweeted it because he tweeted it in a sarcastic tone. I'm more going after the replies. But somebody tweeted, Daniel Bryan spent two years sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber and going to see over 100 doctors just to get involved in a food fight during a pandemic. And, like, the guy was just being sorry. But a lot of the replies were serious. And, like... Yeah, there's nothing more I'd love to see than fucking Daniel Bryan getting dropped on his head by Kota Bushi or getting a dildo stapled to his head by Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, right? Like, it's just... People people know what they want, but they don't complete the... But, but in reality, my, my, my main overarching point is, if you watch this match, I've, I've been trying to figure out how the fuck to talk about this thing. I've watched it two more times. Since I've watched it four times since Sunday. Daniel Bryan had the most fun out of anybody during this match. Oh my god, he had a blast. There were multiple times where he's legitimately trying not to laugh. And it's like he doesn't need him or Styles doesn't need the, the like reputation. 
No, it's like, like they're two of the best wrestlers ever. Daniel Bryan's a, th- or a, a top ten possible top five wrestler well, my ever. Ma- put my on main boots. point is like people on the internet take Daniel Bryan more serious than he takes himself. Yeah. Like Daniel Bryan had a blast during this match. Oh my god! When he when he was walking, when he got introduced, he's like, "Everybody ready for a yeah, fight?" It's awesome. It was it was awesome. And not to mention, he had a classic with uh, Gulak four weeks ago. Yeah. Four weeks, six weeks, it's eight like weeks. Two months at this. Point. It was like March thirteenth. So two March, months. It was March eighth because it was Leek's birthday. You're right. March eighth. So two months. It was just so jacked. Exactly which is, two months. Which is like the exact. Which is like the last full arena show. Yeah. Which is baffling. And to think they about. had a. God, goddamn classic. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah. So that's, And you know what? Let him have some fun. He didn't get hurt in this match. He collected his paycheck and went the fuck home. No, like they if this was a real money in the bank ladder match, Daniel Bryan would not have been in this thing. Yeah, he's not he's not taking bumps off ladders or being hit with ladders. Yeah, this, this is not happening. Um so just enjoy what you got. So all the women made their entrance in front of the elevators, which is weird. They're just standing next to each other but not fighting. All but one woman. Well, I'll get there. Um, then the men made their entrance in the weight room. Um, AJ told Otis he's the luckiest man in the world, and Otis just jolt, vibrate, like, vibrated at him. Do it, Otis. Um, Alistair Black came in and said, hey, AJ, you ready for round two? There's <laughs> all kinds of wackiness. Corbin came in, said bow to the king, and I, I don't know who it was. I was like, oh, this guy. I think it was Otis. I think it was. I think it was Otis. I was like, oh, this guy. Um, Ray came out. He just kind of looked goofy, but Ray had a rough night, as we'll get into in a little bit. And then... We have 11 out of 12 people, but Asuka's missing in action. When all of a sudden the women look up and Asuka's on the balcony, um, then Asuka dives onto all of the women who are there to conveniently catch her, and we're off to the races. Um, Asuka immediately heads in the elevator, but I guess she doesn't know how elevators work because she doesn't press the button to go right to the roof. She just presses like all the buttons. Unless it doesn't go to the roof, which is a possibility. Going to Cornette, we're all, they're all idiots, but whatever. Did you, did you ever anticipate liking that match? Him liking that match? Well, he was, like, pointing out realistic flaws. Like, it's a far story. He's like, Vince McMahon's office is five feet from the roof. They could have got there. Like, we don't know that. We no, don't have don't. to know that. I listen, I listen to him for his take on actual wrestling matches, not on these. Um, shouldn't listen to him at all. He's an old out-of-touch man. I mean, I think he has some... His wrestling, his, his wrestling history is good, but when he's listening to him talk about current day stuff... No, I mean, I can still... Like, I listened to him today talk about Cody and Dustin. Yeah, but that's because they're... That's... He's a bias towards those guys. That's true. He's love Dusty. But as we're not talking, it's not a No, we're not here to talk him. about Cornette. Um, so the match starts. Asuka gets in the elevator. All of the women are stumped in what to do. Even though there's two other elevators next to her as they say, hey, let's take the stairs. They cut back to the men fighting in the weight room. There's all kind of shenanigans going on. Well, to be honest with you, that's actually okay because those elevators would not have been there. They, there was a chance they could get up the stairs faster than she got up there. That's Yeah, that's a fair point. But... It doesn't help that Asuka's being an idiot and pushing every button. Yeah. Um, the men are fighting in the weight room. Uh, Corbin breaks a glass. I got very concerned. Yes, which is stupid because he knew, like, like why would you be concerned? They, they made he the, was they, a constable. They put this match in headquarters. You didn't. Why was he concerned? That's true, but it was funny. It was. It was he just a, stood there and stood it like an idiot like for a while. So the men eventually fight their way to the second floor um, where Ray is running by the bathroom. He has the toilet flush, which causes him to stop for some reason. Like, if one of your competitors was taking a piss... Oh, just... you're forgetting something hilarious. Otis totally not trapping AJ Styles with the bar. Oh, I tried, I tried to block that out of my mind. So they're all leaving the weight room, and um, Otis... It was a lot of weight, but AJ could have easily, like, squirmed out. Like, yeah, no, he was, he was in no he way He was trapped. not stuck at all. So Otis lowered a, a lot of weight on AJ, and AJ... We were supposed to leave AJ could not move, 
And then AJ, of all the people to ask to fucking get the weight off him, he asked the smallest man in the match, Rey Mysterio, to help him. That weight on that bar was three times what yeah, Mysterio it was, weighs. Oh, it was legitimately more it had than to be 600 what, pounds. It was way more than what Mysterio weighed. And Mysterio's kind of blew him off, and AJ was not having it. AJ was screaming. So now they all get up to the second floor, and uh, Ray runs by the bathroom. Ooh, free delivery from Popeyes. Um, Ray runs by the bathroom, uses the toilet flush, when all of a sudden, Brother Love comes out. Or as my father thought it was, Dude Love. <laughs> we did watch this match with Dave. That was Comes out, fixing his zipper. Yeah. And I don't know. The music if, was playing. I'm not sure if the music was playing there, but they definitely scored. I don't it know in. if you noticed this, but when he zipped up his zipper, it sounded like he caught something. Yeah, he did. That's Fist McMahon cried for 45 minutes laughing about <laughs> you know, that. You know he did. That's that's incredible. And then uh, Brother Love watched. He said he told Ray, "I love you," and then Ray said, "I love you too," but I gotta go. He said, "Bruce, too. I gotta go, Bruce." Um. So then they all take off. Uh, they're wrestling in a lounge, and they ran into not doing the clown. Yes, that's this is the point where. Uh, Daniel Bryan ties Corbin up in some fake ropes and yes kicks the hell out of him. Otis is standing there doing the yes chance. But then uh, Bryan gets pissed off at Otis and says yes kicking him. And then yes, a not doing the clown rises up from the fucking uh, behind a chair. I don't I didn't get that cameo. Could have done without that. Yeah, that was that although it wasn't the worst cameo in the match. We're getting there now as the women fight into the conference room. And uh, there's like a see-through money in the bank briefcase with like a bunch of cash hanging and for some reason dana brooke thinks this is the contract dana Booker is apparently our truth now and there was a lot of money in that she just kept that briefcase and went home because her night did not end well that was a nice ass briefcase yes i don't know if it was real money in there but i, I doubt it i would have took that over the fucking woman's contract fuck fuck that well i guess it was a woman's title but they didn't know that at the time well, dana brooke's kind of a geek so that's it makes sense it was her. So, uh, at this point, uh, Dana laid out Nia, Nia Jax with a chair. And then Stephanie McMahon, totally in the same building at the same time, and not just behind a random white wall, taped probably two hours for this pay-per-view aired, in, like, grainy, awful cell phone footage, told Dana Brooke that she's a dumbass and that's not the real money in the bank. And the real... This is another thing that confused me. She said the real money in the bank contract is on the roof. And this confused her. Like, did they've been telling them for weeks the contract's on the roof. She doesn't belong, so that's, that's, that's funny. And then, of course, she said, clean up the mess in here because Naya is drooling everywhere. I, I know who wrote that line. And then um, Carmella bashes Dana Brooke over the head with a picture of Carmella holding the money in the bank briefcase. So then, it's just all so wacky. AJ is looking for... Uh, Rey Mysterio, because he's pissed at him for not bringing the weight, for not picking the weight off his he fucking... He finds a random purple room. So he sees a picture of The Undertaker. <laughs> and he was entranced. And he was stumped. <laughs> then he opens a random door, and there's just a casket and a spooky purple light. <laughs> and AJ said, no. No. No, it can't be. And this also confused me, because AJ was the one that got buried. So how could it not be? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Undertaker's in Texas. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean it can't be? You're the one that got buried. Undertaker drove away from the match. Fine. That was Harley. Yeah. What do you mean? It so eventually, Alistair Black black masses him and throws him in the room, and that was just wacky. So now we cut to another cameo, as it appears the catering that was left for everybody in the match. Paul Heyman was just eating all of it. He had a whole ass meal. Yeah, it was a hell of a spread. It was. It was a real nice spread. <laughs> real nice spread. I wonder if it came out of his check. I wonder. Um, but Paul Heyman is sitting there, and then uh, the men and the women converge. 
Otis takes like I don't even know what it was. It was like it was like a platter of like sandwiches. Oh no, it was a whole ass meal. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Yeah. So, but he throws it in Paul Heyman's face. They yell food fight, and you gotta go back and watch Daniel Bryan during the food fight. He's like taking cover. He's like dipping and dodging. It was awesome. I'll have to watch. I didn't pay attention to the food fight. Just watch the whole match and just watch what Daniel Bryan does the whole time. So they have a food fight. Um, at this point is where Ray has his first rough, rough happenings of the evening. Shayna Baszler. <laughs> for some reason, Shayna Baszler gets a part of Shayna Baszler looks at Ray and just chokes him out. And then Otis and Nia squash Ray in between them. Oh, that was hysterical. And then Carmella is powerbombed through a table and is never seen again. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, so then Otis finds the cafeteria. He sees some lovely blueberry pies. But then rolls in Gianni Ace, John Laurinaitis, who just looks at him, says, people power, and gets a blueberry... stepfather-in-law. He gets a blueberry pie to the face and takes a bump off the scooter. Well, you know what I realized? You know everybody that was there in this match wrote this match? Probably, Heyman, yeah. Bruce, Laurinaitis, and Vince. Yeah. So then, Although I wish we got Michael Hayes. So then, um, speaking of Vince, AJ and uh, Daniel Bryan are brawling, and they stumble their way into Vince's office. Which I recognize from the Kurt Angle video. Uh, I recognize from the fucking giant T-Rex Well, they didn't show that wall. at first. They didn't show that at first. Um, but they're brawling for like literally a minute and a half before Vince notices, which I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> but then Vince turns out, turns around and says, get out. And like they're like, oh shit! And they're like walking towards the door. They fix the chairs. And then they come back to fix the chairs. And then Vince just like pumps hand sanitizer and goes. Which was back, excellent. Goes back to doing what he was doing. And also, Vince is in jeans with no tie. Yeah, that that wasn't Vince. Weird look. Um, but I guess the the deal with this is they want to do more in Vince's office, but Vince didn't feel comfortable with them brawling around the legitimate dinosaur bones. Yeah. Which well, I get. Yeah. They're I, not cheap, but there's not that many of them. And they're a gift from Triple H. Oh, where they had to yeah. know that part. Yeah, Triple H guy. I guess Vince is like in the T-Rexes. So Triple H went out and bought him a T-Rex skull. Of course. Which is the most millionaire thing I've ever heard. Of course Vince is into T-Rexes. That's like the most millionaire thing I've ever heard. Millionaire loves T-Rexes, so other millionaire gifts him T-Rex skull. <laughs> you know, it's a nice piece, though. Are you kidding me? It's beautiful. Um, so then uh, Brian and AJ are talking outside Vince's office. And AJ goes, Brian, you were a real coward in there. And Brian goes, <laughs> me? You were the one who told me to fix the chairs. And he goes, you know what? I did. And then he punched him in the face. <laughs> Great little deal there. Daniel Bryan at the time of his life. So then um, they are running through, I don't know if it was like a kitchen or something, but it was just like a random room where Kane Pritchard was doing janitorial duties. Wearing a Bruce Pritchard hat. Yes. He was uh, wearing that used to be over hat. Yep. And uh, Asuka grabbed the broom and like yelled at him threateningly, asking where the roof is, and he did not know what she was saying. <laughs> she proceeded to whack... The rest of the he, she threw the broom at like the rest of the women and that caused him to take a bump somehow. I mean it was like a broom. I don't but whatever. So they all run off except poor Dana Brooke, who slips, ignores the wet floor sign, and I don't know how they how they like fake that one, but it looked like she crushed her head. Oh yeah, they look like it hurt a lot. There's no worse feeling than hurting your tailbone and your head in the same time. She was if that was if that was a shoot, she'd be concussed because yeah. that was. And then Dana Brooke's night was over. So finally, they make it to the roof. Um, except I don't know what happened to Shayna. She never made it to the roof, but like she was never like beat down either. No. Shayna just disappeared. Yeah. Um, so they make it to the roof. Uh, at one point, Corbin and Oscar are both on top of the ladder. For some reason, they're trying to stop each other. I don't know why they're going for completely separate briefcases, but Oscar slaps Corbin in the face. Kicks him. Then like, it wasn't even really a kick. It was more like a shove with her foot. 
and knocks Corbin to the floor. And Asuka wins the Woman's Money in the Bank briefcase, which is then when Michael Cole on Quaaludes informs us that Asuka had won the Money in the Bank briefcase. So then, the spot everyone's talking about. So for weeks and weeks and weeks, this match was built on someone getting thrown off of Titan Towers. AJ mentioned it in his promo. Corbin mentioned it in his promo. And it happened. But it was the most nonchalant match in the, in the... It was the most nonchalant spot in the match. Yeah. Rey Mysterio and Corbin are brawling on the outside. And then Corbin just fucking yeeted Mysterio off the building. No build-up, no drama. They didn't tease it. It's what he does with the Rumble when he gets rid of the NXT guys. He just fucking yeeted Mysterio off the roof. Throws, yeah, I'm not in with the, with the young crowd. But if I know what a yeet is, I think <laughs> it's that. And then Aleister Black tries to get revenge for his little buddy. He and goes. he gets yeeted off the roof. But, dude, like, Alistair Black at least grabbed the railing when he went over. Ray, like, cleared that motherfucker. Ray looked like a ragdoll. Ray had airtime. Ray looked like a ragdoll. Like, when I saw it, I knew there was, like, a, a crash <coughs> pad. But I was concerned Ray was going to fucking overshoot the crash pad and die. Like, and I, and this was pre-taped, and Ray was alive, and I was still concerned. <laughs> like, then you got fucking yeeted. Yeah, it was, it was pretty incredible. So the finish to the men's Money in the Bank comes when Corbin and Styles are brawling on top of the ladder. They both unhook the briefcase. Uh, Corbin says, let it go. AJ says, no. And Corbin says, all right, the first one to get two hands on it wins. And so they're like ripping at it, ripping so at it. So why does he make the rules? <laughs> so eventually AJ rips it out of Corbin's hands. And they both had two hands on it. But, <laughs> but... I don't know. They did this perfectly. I don't know if this is like in one take or like they edited this together. If it was somehow. in one take. It was. It was. It was fantastic. But, but AJ like lost control of the briefcase, then fell right into Otis's arms, and Otis won. And Otis is Mister Money in the Bank, and that's when Michael Cole and Quaaludes came back to wrap up the entire uh, match for us. So, yeah, that was... I've never had wrestling put me in that much shock before. I we just stayed here and looked at each other for a little bit. I. Out of all the people to win, I gave Otis a second worst chance only behind Mysterio because Mysterio's contract would have been up before the briefcase's contract was even up. So I'm like, there's no way Mysterio's Well, apparently Ray re so. JR said it. I don't buy it. Oh. How would JR know? Unless he's trying to contact him for another company. Yeah, unless he got for MLW. But I haven't <laughs> But I haven't heard it from anyone besides JR on Grilling JR. So, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I mean, JR is doing talent relations for them, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he would know if it was anybody. But it's also contract tampering if he did what he, if he did what he would have done to know. Yeah, that's true. So, who knows? But at the time the match is filmed, Ray's contract would have been up before the briefcase's contract would have been up. So, I knew Ray wasn't winning. And, Jesus, not only did Ray not win, Ray had the roughest 24 hours I've ever seen a human being have. <laughs> he got choked out. He got yeeted, and then he got his eye fucking gouged out and steel steps, and, his, and apparently he's in critical condition. <laughs> so hopefully Ray makes a recovery. Um, but yeah, I did not see Otis winning. I was shocked. And it's not like he's going to cash in and win. Yeah, that's the... That's There's the, a lot of different ways that's this the intriguing things about. That's the intriguing thing about this. There's about 14 different ways this could, this could go, and none of them involve him winning the briefcase. <laughs> so uh, I, You want to know what my guess is? What's, what's that? He gifts it to Mandy. Mandy gifts it to Ziggler. Ziggler gets one more run with the belt. I think Ziggler's going to end up with it somehow, whether it's beating Otis in a match. Yeah, or... I, think, I think definitely Ziggler's going to end up with it. Yeah, I, I think so too. It would just get so much more sympathy on Otis, like if fucking, that fucking dick Dolph Ziggler takes his briefcase. But yeah, that was Money in the Bank. Uh, how did you feel about this cinematic Money in the Bank match? I hate cinematic matches, but this was fine. I enjoyed watching it. Like, I didn't, like, it's not affecting me into the next day. I enjoyed it. We laughed for what? 
Oh, ever. we laughed hysterically. Sitting here, sitting here watching it. It it can't continue. It really it can't continue doing this kind of stuff. But in the world we're in, like I said, everybody gets a break. Like when this is over, put all these guys back where they belong, and we'll be fine. I mean, you know what my rule of thumb has been for these cinematic matches. What would it have been better if they did it in an empty arena, like just a regular ladder match? And <coughs> hey, we just saw a regular ladder match at WrestleMania, and those guys were killing each other for no reason. And like, I'm sure part of a ladder match, like, because I'm sure getting hit with a ladder does not feel well. No. And I think part of what fuels people through ladder matches is the adrenaline of the crowd. Yeah. So I can't imagine just getting fucking nailed with ladders and then like there being no crowd to fucking, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, no, this was. Better than it could be. I would have changed a couple things. Like, a couple things made it really oh, yeah. so ridiculous. The Doink cameo is stupid, and the Stephanie cameo is ill thought out. I mean, I I was all in for cameos. Yeah. Like, I, I was all in for, like, because I like to live in a world where just people walk around with their gimmicks in, in Titan Towers. Yeah, Bruce, Johnny Ace, and the Vince cameos I thought were all entertaining. Um, and the Stephanie cameo could have been good if she was actually there. But if she's not there, just have someone else do it. Like, you know mm. what I mean? Um, I love Heyman's cameo was good too. You gotta throw him in there. The Doink one made absolutely no sense. It clearly wasn't Matt Bourne or Steve Kern or Nick Dinsmore or anybody that's ever played the character. And there's like a hundred thousand people that have played the character. You could have got one of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was it even supposed to be Doink? I don't know. Yes, it was supposed to be Doink. Or it was supposed to be like Blink or Wink or Dink. I like May Young's hand could have could have done that. Um, I thought the I thought the fact that Bruce got his kid on the show was cool. Yeah, good for him. Um, so what's your final grade for Money in the Bank? You know what? Better than I expected. Yeah, I'm going to go B minus. B, B. I was going to say B. Uh, Drew and Seth is very good. Um, the Money in the Bank match was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I think B minus is a fair grade. Tamina and Bailey held its own. I guess. I, Braun, Braun and Bray I enjoyed too. I feel like if you didn't have no expectations for Bailey and Tamina, you wouldn't have liked it. Well, I didn't have any. Best. That's You're, what I mean. Yeah. Like, if you had expectations, it wouldn't have been good. But yeah. you didn't have expectations. It's like, it was, it was fun. Shit. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, B minus. You know what? They they haven't had a bad pay per view since the pandemic. I mean, they only had two, so that they still haven't had a bad one. That WrestleMania was quite good, and I thought this was good. And we're getting backlash next month, and then something for July. Extreme rules. Extreme rules in July, and then and in a perfect world, we get crowds back for SummerSlam. But who knows? Yeah, we'll find out. So apparently, WWE's really pushing Boston to let them have the show. Will it happen? Who knows? We'll find out. Yeah, who knows. Um, so coming up next, we will unveil the results of the first half of the first round in the 2020 Mean Guy Classic 2 Bigger, Badder, Meaner. So stay tuned. It's the Mean Guy Classic 2 Bigger, Badder, Meaner. Including legends this time. 64 lucky competitors win this match. No, not just this match. Are in this tournament. And we did one... We did one bracket of legends and one bracket of current. Today... <laughs> this week? This week. Thank you. I couldn't think of the words. Uh, and thank you for all those who voted. Uh, we know it's a lot. That's why we split it down to... Two brackets at a time, unless we just be a, a tournament that goes throughout the summer. And I can't wait to see, because some upsets have happened. Any su upsets surprised you? Uh, one did. Uh, I think I know which one it's going to be. The others are pretty much, the others I pretty much called. Yes. So, so you know, it happened, happened, hasn't happened in a while. 
I'm just going to kind of go out of order because I'm just going to go in the order the Twitter polls ended, so it might not be the exact order. I have everything in order. Yeah, but I want to give the percentages, and if I'm running around to fucking... You wrote all that... You wrote yep. all the, oh, look at you. So do I. You're prepared. So, in our Lariat region, where the one seed was Stan Hansen, he took on Jim, the Anvil Nightheart, and won by a percentage of 70 to 30 in favor of Stan Hansen. Now, the, now this next matchup got the most votes by a lot. I don't know why. And we don't know why. Bam Bam Bigelow defeated Big Boss Man. It's also more one-sided than I saw it being. Yes. 71% to 29%. No love for the Boss Man, even though he did the great out-of-the-ring slide back in that Corbin does now. In our 5-12 and 12 matchup, Mark Henry defeated the Barbarian. 70% to 30%. No respect for the Barbarian, you sons of bitches. You, yeah, he was your entry. I know. You guys got to go watch some more like 90s Nitro and watch him and Meng just beat the fuck out of people. In the Battle of the Giants, Andre the Giant defeated his son, Big Show, 68% to 32%. The greatest of all time, Kane, in our first upset, defeated the six-seed six seed Scott Steiner, 63 to 37%. Blowout for the fur boy, Kane. 11 over 6. It's a big one. Terry Gordy, 3 seed, defeated Earthquake, which was a 14 seed by a score of 55-45. A little closer there. Big, a lot of John Tenta fans. And another 10-7 classic upset in these kind of brackets. Ron Simmons defeated John Bradshaw Leefield by a score of 66 to 34. That's a damn shame. Why? Because Jayfield has... Jayfield? Bradshaw has the clothesline from hell, which is the meanest guy move of all time. But he got killed. Ron Simmons has the Dominator. <laughs> and then our 15... And did you ever see Ron Simmons' spine buster? Yeah, That's the... it, is, it's, it looks like it hurts a lot. And then the biggest upset of the tournament, Cactus Jack, a 15 seed, defi- defeated 2 seed Dr. Death Steve Williams by a blowout, 74 to 26. So why don't you tell us what the matchups will be for the next round? That was this. in my plans. So in the mean 32, we have... Stan Hansen and Bam Bam Bigelow, Mark Henry and Andre the Giant, Kane and Terry Gordy, and Ron Simmons and Cactus Jack. Who do you like coming out of there so far? If I had to guess, it'll probably be Hansen, Andre. Uh, I think Kane's going to pull another upset, and I think Cactus is going to pull another upset. I think it's Bam Bam, Andre, Kane, Bam Bam's gonna be and Hansen. Cactus. I do. Oh, wow. So... That's it for that. In a couple of weeks, we'll come back there and revisit there. And then our our first bracket of current guys went as followed. Walter defeated Trevor Murdoch by a, a blowout of 92 to, to 8, which was the tied, biggest. Tied for tied the, for the biggest, uh, uh, biggest margin in the com- tournament. You can't talk today. I don't know why. The uh, Fiend defeated Baron Corbin. 86 to 14. <laughs> Saw that one coming. Yeah, that's that's not a shocker. The Fiend there was a 8 seed. Corbin was a 9 seed. Keith Lee defeated Mike Elgin at 5 over 12 by a score also 92 to 8. Tied for the biggest margin in the tournament. And for the second year in a row, 4 seed Braun Strowman gets put out of the first round. It's even this worse. Time, He's a 2 seed last year. This time by Jeff Cobb. Uh, by a score of 58 to 42. 
Braun made it close for a while. Braun, Braun was getting blown out. He made a little bit of a comeback ski, and then Cobb pulled away. And then in another 11 over 6. This one. This is the one that shocked me. This I one. I did not I see didn't this one coming. Neither did I. Togi Maccabi defeated 6th seed Moose. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Moose, I think, made the Final Four last year. I don't think he did. Or, or Elite Eight. I don't know. Uh, three seed PCO defeated 14 seed Damian Priest by a margin of 66 to 34. Brody Lee defeated Bomber Dave Mastiff 79 to 29, which doesn't make sense. 21, yeah, the 21 probably. Yeah, he came. And 15 seed Minoru Suzuki defeated the 15. No, two seed Minoru Suzuki defeated the 15 seed Beer City Bruiser 86 to 14. So why don't you tell us our our matchups for the next round in the uh, chop region? I like this. We got Walter and the Fiend. That'll be interesting, actually. Yeah, that's, that's I can one. see an upset ski. Me too. Uh, Keith Lee and Jeff Cobb. Keith Lee should have that no, that one no problem. I don't know. Uh, Togi Maccabi and PCO going with the higher seed PCO there for me. And then Brody Lee and Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, I think we're gonna end up with. I think the Fiend might upset Walter. I think we're gonna end up seeing the Fiend, Keith Lee, PCO. And Suzuki coming out. I think we're going to see the Fiend. Brody Lee might Lee, make a PCO run. and Brody Lee. You really you think so? Yes, which makes things very interesting. You think the this. one and two both going down? Uh, yes, because I know how people on the internet think. <laughs> well, that's that's the first half of the first round of Mean Guy Classic. Um, Vote for us next Tuesday with the next with the next uh, sixteen matchups. Yep, and that'll complete the first round. Yeah, then the first round will be over, and then we could get down to the thirty-two. Followed by the stiff sixteen and so on and so forth. Um, and the I don't remember what we called the eight. eight. Was. I remember the eight was the, the four was the fatal four. Yeah, I gotta go back and see what we called the eight because I don't remember honestly. Um, but yeah, help us crown the biggest mean guy in wrestling history. And yeah, that's shaping up to be a hell of a tournament. Thing. I can't wait for this next legend bracket. It's definitely the more interesting one. Yeah, uh, we got some possible big big time upsets. Yeah. But thank you for listening. Listen next week, and Tony will be right back to tell you about who we're with. Thanks for tuning in with us this week for another episode of Champions Advantage. We just want to give a reminder on who to follow from the Turnbuckle Topics Network. On Monday is the Top of the Rope Wrestling Radio with at uh, with Gil at Kuda underscore Junior. It's every Monday. Uh, top of the Rope Wrestling Radio. Tuesdays and or Fridays, it's us at Champions Pod. Uh, Wednesday is top of the, uh, the Bearded Wrestling Podcast with Bearded Chris P. At Bearded Chris P. That is Chris Panero. And Thursdays, it's the rundown with at Ron underscore Musto underscore Junior and at Lynn's Be Honest X. And yeah, follow all those people and more and follow the network at TT underscore for you. And also, the boss man Ron launched a Mixer channel this week. So go ahead and follow him at Mixer.com slash musto underscore three t-h-r-e-e 1616 it's again that's mixer.com slash musto underscore 316 and he will not win until he gets me on the team so look out for me there if i ever decide to play with him <laughs> if i think he's worth my services hell of a teaser there yeah um so yeah stick around next week we'll have the conclusion of the first round of the mean guy classic we'll have a double or nothing preview we will oh, have... That's in two weeks, isn't it? Yeah, it is in two weeks. Um, we will have uh, the War Report, and who knows what else is going to go on in this wacky wrestling world in the next seven days. Because it happens in that kind of time now. Things go ballistic. So, stay tuned.
Peace. Thanks for watching. <laughs>